Yes, hello, welcome to 2002 A Film Odyssey, the podcast where films are discussed, specifically the films of the year 2002. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And uh, on this episode, we are joined by a very special guest, a good friend, somebody I've known for, I think, 10 plus years now, always have good uh, movie conversations with, Katie Glaster is here with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, so, wh- what's today's date? It's, it's the tenth. July tenth, twenty twenty-two. Yeah, I thought I couldn't. I didn't know if you were asking uh, the date of the movie that. We're oh doing. no no! I mean the actual date. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, right now. Yes, yeah, July tenth. Yeah. Um, I mean things aren't great in the world right now. You don't say. <laughs> things could be. Better. I mean, they haven't been great in the world for. <laughs> Our entire lifetimes, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but one silver lining. We were all able to watch Queen of the Damned. Yeah, that makes it all better. And, Definitely. Uh, oh, it's and now a dark we, world. And now we can have a conversation about it. I mean, it really is dire times if that's like a silver <laughs> that's lining. That's a silver lining. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is our last movie of February 2002. February 2002. There was uh-huh. like some kind of like uh, description of it being like just like this really like wasteland of film. Where like, uh, a lot of critics were just waiting for like someone to come out with something like decent. Maybe. And I guess Queen of the Damned was among the top. I mean, that's how bad it was. Among the worst or among the best? The best. Oh, maybe. Uh, uh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'll Google it. Well, yeah. no, I mean, you are right. Uh, January and February are historically like Ooh. dumping grounds yeah. for, uh, okay. for dumping months. studios. Yeah. So it's like you always get the stuff that they know would never in a million years have qualified for an Oscar or yeah. even be in consideration. And it's also not, like, big summer tentpole stuff. So stuff that, that usually, like, studios have just been sitting on for a while. Or they just were like, well, we got to release it sometime. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the dump months are usually, like... Oh, dump uh, Yeah. <laughs> January, February, maybe a little bit of March, and then right after summer. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say March 2002, which is our next month, up. Obviously, if you know the calendar. If you know the months. <laughs> if you know your months. Yeah. Like, I know my months. Uh, March 2002, I think, picks up a little bit in prestige. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a few things. And, and then, obviously, like, a, a couple foreign films get released that mm-hmm. are pretty highly acclaimed uh, yeah. towards the end of the year. Because you got E2 Mama Tambien mm-hmm. and The Piano Teacher yeah. are both March 2002 movies. So Yeah. I think we'll definitely have the best movies we've watched so far on this Odyssey in March. Uh, so I'm basically yeah. like a dump month invites. Well, no, you're welcome. You're welcome to come back in December. Yeah, you can come back whenever you want. Really, yeah, you want to come back for Oscar season? Uh, it's nice. Yeah, <laughs> dump dump month person. We we've asked a lot from our guests. Yeah. over over the course of this podcast so yeah. far, and. Um, this is no exception, so we're thankful. I'm actually yeah. thrilled to have been invited for this movie because it was wild to watch. Yeah, uh, I've never seen anything like this movie before. <laughs> no, it was a it, it was a wild one. Um, <laughs> but like you just said, Dan, this is our last movie for February. Yeah, although I think 
uh, cut this if not, but I think we're doing a, a home video episode next week, right? We might squeeze in a home video. One more for February? Between February and March, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be uh, a double feature of Bones and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Right? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Katie's nodding her head. So we sure are Bones. <laughs> the Snoop Dogg horror movie? I've heard of it, never seen it. Yeah. So we do bonus episodes that are movies that come out on DVD in 2002. Like straight to DVD? No, just like they came out on home oh, video. Oh, okay. Uh, like Bones, Jane, Silent Bob. Yeah, mostly we do ones that are like maybe notable directors or actors that don't have a 2002 movie for us to talk about. Yeah. So it's like, like we're not going to... Kevin Smith didn't make a movie in 2002, so Jay and Silent Bob coming out on DVD is our only opportunity to yeah. talk about Kevin Smith movies. And not that <laughs> not that I think See, Kevin's... See, it's a reach. It's a reaching. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's our way to finesse other conversations. Yeah, because one of the reasons that I think we, like, think 2002 is an important year is because so many directors had... Like, notable directors had movies come out that year, but there were a few directors that did not. So we have to figure out a way to squeeze them in. Like, oh, I see. Uh, like, for Wes Anderson, he didn't have a 2002 movie, but Royal Tenenbaums, that came out on DVD in the summer of 2002. So we find a loophole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's guys like that. Spielberg, who has two movies in 2002. Yeah. So it's like, well... We don't even have to cover all of Spielberg yeah. on the first episode because we'll get to talk about him again a few months later. Right. But, uh, yeah, we're finally at the end of February. Feels great. <laughs> well, it feels good for me because I'll get to look at a different box office. I've been looking at the same box office like the last like three episodes that we've done. Yeah. So, as far as like this actual year goes, like 2022, we've been doing this month since the beginning of the year right uh we've been doing february 2002 since january of 2022 yeah, yeah. you follow <laughs> it's been a long time but this month kind of got away from us a little bit because life got in the way for a a, a few of those episodes mm-hmm. so there were longer delays between episodes yeah. than we normally do we're kind of back on track and on schedule again. Right. Um, so I, I don't think March will take us like uh, as long six, uh, six, seven months again. Um, uh, but what, I don't know. We'll see. What were some of your favorite episodes from February? From February? Well, Rollerball, of course. Rollerball was a great Chris. one with Chris. Um, uh,. I mean, it was fun having Travis on the show for, for Super Troopers. And Collateral Damage. And Collateral Damage. And uh, Oh, Travis did two in February? Yeah. And uh, Crossroads and Hearts War. That was a good one. Yeah. I, I honestly forgot that that was a February <laughs> one because of how <laughs> We've long... been doing this for so long. Yeah, because uh, what our first February movie was Birthday Girl, Birthday right? Girl, which we did. January like, 3rd. Yep. Yeah, you're right. A long time ago. Um, it was it was raining out like we yeah. could hear rain falling out here. Bizarre. Yeah. Um, I also liked our uh, bad news bears episode with Dennis. That was a fun one. Yes, that was a good one. That was a home video a dish. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I guess before we get to Queen of the Damned, we can relax. We can chill out a little bit. Okay. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Uh, This has become known as our chill-out session where we just talk about uh, movies that we've watched lately. Um, Who should go first? Well... Dan just uh, got pointed at. I can go. I can yeah. go first. Because I've, I've watched a lot of stuff. I actually, um, since our last episode, I started this like self-appointed challenge mm-hmm. um, where I'm going to watch 31 Criterion Collection films in 31 days. Nice. Um, which is a lot, uh, obviously. But like... <laughs> I've missed a couple of days, and I'm already, like, thinking, like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna have to, like, like watch three, like, two, so far. And you're beating yourself up. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm not beating myself up for it so much as I'm stressing about having to watch, like, two or three in one day, multiple oh, times. Oh, okay. Because I know I'm probably gonna miss more. I mean, you could watch a short film. Like, you could watch yeah. the, the Red Balloon. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Or whatever. I will find ways to probably uh, make it work. Yeah. But let's see. When was the? What was the last monsoon wedding? Uh, and I I did that right before. So I've watched a lot, according to my log yeah. here. I, I've watched like five movies, or maybe four or five movies since monsoon wedding. But you've probably watched. Oh, well, I've watched a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll read through my list quickly so that we don't uh, just talk about uh, this for the next hour. Yeah, but you can still relax. I mean, chill out. All right, no, I'm leaning back a little. bit. <laughs> Uh, so since Monsoon Wedding, I've watched, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans and John Voight's Most Wanted, with, uh, thanks to Travis. When was that that added to the Criterion Collection? (laughs) I'm not in those yet. I'm not in those yet. This is still from June 2022. Uh, I rewatched Face Off in a theater with you and Travis, and we had a blast seeing that on the big screen. One of the best movies of all time. Have you ever seen Face Off? Katie? I've never seen Face Off. Oh my god. It is I'm really proud of the movies I have not seen. Everyone thinks I should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is maybe a movie that a lot of people well, wouldn't exists. tell you is essential, but But it maybe, truly is. Maybe to us. Yeah, it it, it is. It's okay. It's one of those like 90s action movie like Yeah, like, landmarks. Um, and seeing it on a, a big screen with uh, an enthusiastic audience really yeah. like gives that movie another level for mm-hmm. me. You know, I mean, anytime you see a movie in a theater and everyone's like into it, it yeah. adds to the experience. I mean, that's like why you go see a jackass movie in theaters or something. But and so, like, is this a movie that's screening, or like, can I should I just watch it on my own? I mean, I could I let mean, you borrow yes, okay. the yeah. Blu-ray. I was, yeah. yeah, okay. I'll just watch it. Yeah, you'll have a great time no matter how you watch it. Um, uh, but seeing it on a big screen really did give it another a little extra life for me. But that's also because I've seen it a yeah. bunch of yeah. times in my life. I mean, not only is it like a perfect 90s action movie, but it's got more personality than any movie that I can really think of at this moment. It's very bonkers. Yeah, there's so much going on in that movie that, like, is not... It's not your standard, like, oh, cop and bad guy, you know, sort of dueling or whatever. It's got so much. I mean, even down to the basic concept. The concept is so ridiculous, but, like, they own it so much in that movie. They really do. And, like... There's got, like, you got magnetic boots. You got a director. 
you got a director doing his own thing, two actors very much doing their own thing, and then all the supporting cast just doing whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, John Woo is one of the, what, our most maximalist directors, yeah. I would say, and he's maybe at his most maximalist <laughs> in this movie. Like but they're it, all being, like, very true to themselves. None of it should work, if you really think no. about how many different threads uh, are going on there. Yeah. But it works. Well, I definitely have to watch that. You oh, should, you, you should borrow it. Yeah. yeah, I will. I yeah. won't walk away without face off. Yes. Um, and what else? Uh, well, all right. I'm just getting started. <laughs> uh, Night at the Roxbury. Oh my god, uh, I was obsessed with that movie when I, I was I, Andrew and I are both oh of the god. opinion that it's good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for what it is. I mean, it's, it I, rules. I yeah. haven't revisited yeah. it, but like, I was obsessed with it. I, I still think it's pretty funny. And I can't say it's probably not problematic at this point, because it, things are. It has it a little be. bit of that, <laughs> but maybe not as much as you might think. Yeah. It, it de- I mean, they definitely are harassing women in the club, <laughs> exactly. like in the beginning of that, and you're yeah, just like, like, this is not, not a, no part of this is okay. But uh, nice, I w- nice bulbs, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> but there's flying rat ass. Happy <laughs> we should just keep uh, quoting uh, neither rock. I mean, I could quote it all day. Emilio. Uh, yeah, that movie is great. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, uh, I I don't know, but it might be. It's. Uh, were you thinking of like Favorite. the best like SNL? Well, it, it's. It's it's not number it's one. It's not Wayne's World. It's not Wayne's World because that's the best. And it's not even I wouldn't say as good as Wayne's World two, which no. is a step down from Wayne's World. But like, I mean, yeah, I mean, of the rest of the SNL movies, the only other one I really have any kind of affection for in a similar way is MacGruber. Yeah, which is an extremely stupid movie, but very fun. Katie, did you ever see MacGruber? Mm, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you don't know MacGruber. Okay. MacGruber is like the most recent SNL movie from the... Uh, is it the most recent or... Yeah, I think okay. so. Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar from last year, felt like an SNL movie. Right. And obviously it had Kristen Wiig in it, but... But it uh, wasn't like a... But it wasn't an official... Yeah. It wasn't based on a sketch. Um, I rewatched The Deadpool, mm. Dirty Harry 5. Good choice. I guess. Um, uh, all right, so now we're getting... Well, no, this is still not my July Tyrion uh, month. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress is coming to the Criterion Collection this month. Not currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched... Which was good. Uh, yeah. Mission, I, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good uh, like double feature with LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. If you're into those like 90s... Uh, Early Hollywood, early LA noir, yeah, stories. Uh, I watched Mishima: A Life in Four Chapters, the Paul mm-hmm. Schrader uh, film, which is incredible. That movie yeah. is so good. Um, if you don't know anything about uh, Mishima, the real guy, he's a very fascinating story. Uh, he he was this. Do you know who Mishima is? Mm-mm. He's he was this Japanese novelist who was pretty famous in Japan, like kind of like a big literary icon in like the '60s, and um, he had like fascist politics, and he eventually like got his own army. He like founded his own small army, 
And, um, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler alert for the movie, but it's a very old story. But he, um, he and, like, a couple other members of his army, like, took over, like, a, a base, like, a military base. They, like, captured some military, some soldiers, and then took it over. And then, um, he tried to, like, get them to, like, join his, like, revolution, which is basically just, like... Interesting. Uh, like, when was this? This was 60... Um, so, does this have anything to do with, like, the prime minister who was, like, assassinated recently? No. Yeah, like, I know he was, like, part of the conservative party. Yeah. So yeah. He, this was, like, more like... This was, like, <laughs> mid-60s, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I know it was, like, father and grandfather were also, like, politicians. So right. Like, I don't I don't think so. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kind of cut from the same cloth, because I know sure. Shinzo Abe is, was very conservative, and... Uh, Mishima was like he he was like a like a Japanese Japanese nationalist and like wanted to like preserve the emperor and all this stuff um, in a period of time where Japan was you know um, changing post war and um, he ends up committing seppuku. Mm-hmm. Was that suicide? Which is yeah. the ritual suicide. Yeah, like with your like disembowelment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's that's his story. But he was this like, it's like I don't, I'm trying to come up with an American equivalent, but like, I like imagine Kurt Vonnegut doing that in like mm-hmm. the '70s or something, and that's kind of our equivalent to okay. uh, Mishima. It's it's a very wild story, and um, this movie like it like has some of his it like it's like four little stories in one where it, it has the stuff with Mishima's life but then it also has um these small little like almost dollhouse depictions of his uh books like three of his books it's mm-hmm. a very interesting movie yeah it's a really good one uh and it just came out well it didn't just come out on blu-ray but it is on blu-ray right yeah i picked up the criterion blu-ray yeah. from barnes and noble uh, the, the Criterion sale. Yeah, I had the old school Criterion DVD yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, this episode is, again, sponsored by Barnes & Noble <laughs> <laughs> for the Criterion collection sale. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay, uh, I watched Narrow Margin with you. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Narrow Margin. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched that uh, black metal documentary, uh, Until the Light Takes Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one about, like, Euronymous and Barb. Yeah. Barb Vickerness. Yeah. I, I uh, like that movie. I thought it was alright. It, it's it's very um, low um, budget. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I don't know. It, I, it's funny to imagine Barb getting mad just because that guy sucks. Because. <laughs> uh, they made that uh, movie based mm. on kind of the, that story. Have you wait, ever seen that? Wait, is this wait is this the one where like they they talk about the the suicide and like the pictures taken after? Uh, it's mostly about like just kind of that scene yeah. in like Sweden and Norway, and then it talks okay. about Varg killing Euronymous. Okay, yes, yeah, so I have seen it. Okay, yeah. The, the documentary? I guess that's what I got <laughs> You saw the documentary, you saw the, the movie. I think the, I saw the documentary oh, okay. just about, like, the... the yeah. Yeah, because the movie was with uh, Rory Culkin, right? Oh, I did not see the movie. Yeah. The movie, it's not very good. Um, and that's called... 
Uh, Lords of Chaos. Lords of Chaos. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. it's it's okay. I zoned out for a second. Yeah, no, it's all right. Um, but the thing that's funny about that is they got a Jewish actor, Emery Cohen, to play Varg, <laughs> and Varg was like really mad about it. Of course he is. <laughs> uh, because if, if if you don't know who uh, Varg is, he's a like a black metal musician um, who is also a extreme like pagan white nationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he killed his bandmate or friend or whatever. Uh, and then, uh, he's now out of prison, um, because they don't, in Scandinavian countries, they don't sentence you to life. Um, and, uh, he's just kind of like an internet guy. He just like writes like rants and has YouTube videos and shit about like, European I culture. I crush on him for like a minute. Like, <laughs> after like he killed somebody, I was still like, oh my god, so warm. He would bathe in like this frozen lake, like ice fishing. And, like, well, <laughs> tattooed like in a metal. Watching, watching uh, that documentary, there is something like compelling about watching him speak. <laughs> like, it's weird. I was like, like I really like runes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the documentary. But I never saw the the movie. Yeah, you, you don't really need to. Okay. I mean, the documentary tells you everything you need right. to. Uh, the, the movie that was directed by uh, Jonas Sackerland. Yeah, the, uh, who did Spun, but he yeah. also did like a ton of music videos like, yeah. in the 90s and stuff. And he was in Bathory? He's in one of those bands, yeah. Yeah, he was in that band, I'm pretty sure. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with a lot of the music. But, uh, yeah, so I watched that, and then, um, I watched a shitload of Criterions, so I guess I'll just read those real quick. Well, besides Old Dogs, you and I watched <laughs> Old Dogs together. Yeah. Which is, uh, a movie. maybe we should do that in a whole episode on yeah. Old Dogs, <laughs> eventually. Old Dogs with John Travolta and, uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. And the last on-screen performance of Bernie Mac. That's right, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe we should just say like a few <laughs> words about old dogs. Uh, sure. What do you want to What do you want to say about <laughs> so it? So it's a f- it's a family comedy that, uh, as the the story goes, was meant to be like an adult like R rated comedy, mm-hmm. but somewhere like down the line they decide to turn it into a kids movie, and it is very strange. Imagine Coverwell. Uh, <laughs> no, they decided to do it in post after it was shot. So that's right. Apparently, yeah. it was screened as an R-rated movie and got terrible test screening reviews. And Disney was just like, "Let's cut all the adult jokes out, and we're gonna move it from like Touchstone or whatever, one of their other studios, to Disney proper." Mm-hmm. And they just released it as this yeah. Disney comedy, but it like barely qualifies as a family movie. It's strange. Oh, it's yeah, it's, it's really bad. Uh. <laughs> uh I mean, we might as well just talk about the plot real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's about a couple hotshot marketing guys. This is the original plot. Like the... This is the plot from... The, the movie that the we movie. watched. Yeah, yeah. Whatever uh, you can call it. If you can call sure. it a movie. Uh, Robin Williams, John Travolta, and then Robin Williams' character finds out that he... Uh, is, has kids? Has a, a, two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from a, like, previous, like, very short-term marriage. Okay. Uh, and then... Like, overnight marriage. Yeah, like yeah. A, like one a, night and 
Vegas or yeah, whatever. very short term, and then like what are those marriages? Yeah, and then and then well uh, you know he is eventually told that he has these grown children that are probably like uh, ten years old. Yeah, they're yeah. like uh, elementary school age. Yeah, uh, the the wife is or the the love interest is played by Rita Wilson and no uh, Kelly Preston. Oh. Rita Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Kelly. Preston. That's because that's one of the weirdest things about this movie is Robin Williams' love interest is John Travolta's real life wife. Yeah, that's right. And Robin Williams' kid in the movie is John Travolta's real life kid. Yeah. But John Travolta doesn't play the the romantic lead. He plays the friend. It's really weird. <laughs> like, why would your wife and kid play Robin Williams' wife and kid right. when you could have just made the, I mean made, I guess that's up to casting you know? yeah <laughs> like Travolta could have they could have switched to two characters Travolta could have been that guy yeah but the reason I said Rita Wilson is because she's also in the movie she is she yeah. plays Kelly Preston's friend yeah she, like, who gets... is Tom Hanks's real life wife I'm lost yeah <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow it's like uh he so Williams Ron Williams character finds out he has kids and then it's just like a series of misadventures, like, you know. Mixing up prescription mixing drugs. Mixing up medications and... Uh, Which you can see how that could have been part of an R-rated comedy. Like, yes. you can imagine where it would go. But instead, it's just like Robin Williams I mean, playing... I mean, that that's, like, comedic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, uh, the movie just ends up... It's like Robin Williams playing <laughs> golf with depth perception issues. And, yeah. like, that's the whole joke. <laughs> But, uh... It's like my blood pressure. W- yeah. Very wild movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, really bad. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst movies I've seen from the last, like, decade. But, but also... Wait. Are yeah. we still on, like, the Criterion list? No. This is this not a... something we... I, I, we watched in addition to that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I was... I was just gonna read the Criterions I've watched, uh... After Old Dogs. Okay. Uh, so I've watched My Own Private Idaho... Mm-hmm. The Worst Person in the World, mm-hmm. Memories of Murder, Mikey and Nikki, uh, Throwdown, which is a Johnny Toe Hong Kong movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewatched Thief in honor of James Caan, uh, and then I watched The Player last night, the Robert Altman movie. Nice. And that's what I've watched so far nice. for July Tyrion, which is my 31 Criterion Collection films in 31 days. Very nice. I think I've seen all those. Uh, my favorite of those, I think, would probably be Thief. Uh, Thief's my favorite, too, but I really liked uh, The Player. Yeah, The Player. I had really never good. seen that before. Yeah. Um, I had never seen any of those except for um, Thief. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also really liked uh, The Worst Person in the World from mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Just now, like, my number five movie from last year after I updated my list. And then uh, I really loved Memories of Murder, too. That's a really good one, too. Yeah. Bong Joon-ho is uh, the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's everything. That's we everything. Watched... That's everything I've seen. Uh, oh, we watched, we watched D2. <laughs> Mighty Ducks, <laughs> too, also. Nice. Have uh, you ever seen Mighty Ducks, too? I have. I have. Yeah. I can't say I have in the recently last two decades, but it's <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and I. Yeah, <laughs> <My brother laughs> I hockey, so. Oh, okay. 
uh, it should be part of the Criterion Collection. Because mm-hmm. it could be my favorite sports movie of all time. <laughs> that's, I, yeah, that's a taste. Is it the best? Maybe not. But my favorite? I think so. Hey, you like what you like. You gotta respect it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've seen far less than you, because I haven't given myself a, a challenge like that. But mm-hmm. uh, since our last episode, I probably saw like five movies. Okay. Uh, I saw Marcel the Shell, the movie. Uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, so that was, <laughs> that was my reaction when he told me. I, 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 I thought this would be more like of a like well known. Um, so he looked at me knowingly, like yeah, like Marcel. So it was a uh, same like, with shoes on. Exact same uh, exchange that he and I had. When he I thought this was like a very well known like internet thing, but it was a uh, a short a short film from like 2010 uh, about a, a a talking shell. It's like uh, Jenny Slate, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a stop-motion animation movie about a, a shell that talks. And uh, there were, I think, three shorts that came out. Like, one in 2010, and then a couple others came out, like, in the next couple of years. But it was a huge, like, internet thing. And then, uh, yeah, movie came out uh, last week. Or, yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, A24 released it. And I saw it up at the Grove, and I liked it. It was good. Uh, much like more emotional and dramatic than the shorts were, but uh, it's quite good. I recommend it. I mean, it's funny that you guys don't know what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny, but I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, watch the shorts. Search Mar- Marcel the Shell. Uh, yeah. Starring. I trust anything A24 does, that's kind of a. Yeah. Uh, everyone does. Yeah, Jenny Slate is the voice of the shell. Marcel the shell. <laughs> uh, you've said Marcel the shell so many times that it's uh, a lost meaning in my head. No, <laughs> like, no, it's like, it's never leaving my mind. Like. Marcel the shell. <laughs> uh, shoes on. Yeah, so I saw that, and then um, I watched a movie called uh, Intragalde, which is a Romanian movie. Uh, another movie Travis would make fun of uh, mm-hmm. for me watching just because it's like a a foreign film but uh, it's about uh, that makes Travis sound a little more xenophobic than he, than he no yeah, yeah yeah he, he just he just makes fun of you watching like kind of like obscure yeah like uh, indie foreign films with like kind of sort of boring sounding premises yeah, yeah he would exactly. make fun of yeah. yeah he always says like like Romanian ketchup factory or something like yeah. that. Like I, I think Romanian films are fucking terrifying. Like I've seen a lot of like horror films from uh-huh. that from Romania. Uh-huh. Where, yeah. Yeah. So, have you politics. heard of Have you heard of this movie? <laughs> no, I In haven't. Uh, so it is about. It came out this year actually, and I watched it on Mubi, and it's about like a group of. Uh, like humanitarian workers that are delivering like food and medicine to like this Transylvanian town Mm -hmm. and you know things go wrong and there's like car trouble and they eventually get like stranded in the woods that's not giving like too much away but that's like the general premise when did this come out I think it got a limited release here in March I believe and then just came out on Mubi like last month Mubi has a lot of stuff like that yeah, movie has a lot of stuff that's like, 
gets like no nothing releases in right. the states basically. Yeah, I think it probably played in like a couple theaters in LA, but uh, yeah, I watched it on a movie last week, and uh, yeah, very good, I'd say. Very suspenseful. If you like, I think like anxiety movies, like mm-hmm. the Safety Brothers kind of movies, like you like this. And I love movies about, uh, like, you know this because we talked about it on several episodes, like, highway movies, uh, mm-hmm. uh... You're a highwayman. I like, I like highway movies. You, Johnny Cash, <laughs> William uh, Nelson. Evil trucker <laughs> movies, uh, roadside thrillers, uh, that's my, my thing. Anything with, like, car trouble, I like. Uh, yeah, so that's what it's about, like... They're, like, delivering food to, you know, impoverished areas, and it's kind of, like, it, it, like, has the beats of, like, a horror movie and, like, a thriller, but it's, like, also kind of a dark comedy. It sounds kind of like Sorcerer to me, you described it. Uh, a little bit, but it's more, like, definitely more intimate than that, and it's all, like, it all takes place over the course of, like, a day. Okay. But... Yeah, I recommend it, and it's on Mubi. Um, I don't have Mubi. I got Tubi, <laughs> but I ain't got Mubi. Yeah. So I watched those movies, and then I watched uh, Narrow Margin with you. I chose that for movie night. And <laughs> kind of like how I like a good highway movie, I like a good train movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a movie that came out in 1990 with Gene Hackman about a, a DA that's trying to, like, smuggle a witness from Canada to LA on a train uh, and try to keep her from being like assassinated by hitmen because uh, she like she witnessed a murder and she could put this like mob boss behind bars but uh, it's a fun movie right yeah it was all right it's like it, kind of slow but it's not one of my favorites from that era mm-hmm. um, but it is always a pleasure to watch Gene Hackman just be Gene Hackman yeah. in a movie and it's got uh, a couple of uh, good character actors in it. It does. That's one of my few complaints is that they either die or they're not in that much of the movie. Like, um, J.T. Walsh and M.M. Walsh, who yeah. are not related. The Walsh, uh, Walsh boys. The Walsh boys. They both die, like, in the first, like, 20 minutes of that movie. So, sorry, minor narrow margin <laughs> spoiler. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Harris Yulin, who plays like the mob boss, is mm-hmm. like never really seen again. Yeah, he's for barely the rest in of the it. movie. He's in it as probably about as much as Aaliyah is in Queen of the Damned. <laughs> she's barely. <laughs> she's barely. Well, <laughs> we're getting a little ahead of yeah, ourselves. We can't segue just yet. That was an early, a premature segue. Uh, but put a pin in it. Remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's probably about it. Um, I mean, I saw Face Off, like you said. Oh, you watched Throwdown with me. Oh, and I, we watched Throwdown. Yeah. Which which I liked. We were kind of having a conversation while that movie was playing. Yeah. So I wish... Uh, I think I want to watch it one more time before I like give uh, an opinion on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It's not really what you expect from a Johnny Toe movie, if you know too much about... He's this super prolific like Hong Kong filmmaker who does yeah. a lot of action movies and stuff. Um, and uh, 
this movie is like kind of that, but it's also very like I don't know, dreamy. Yeah. It's it's and and like uh yeah, it's it's an interesting movie. I thought it was like pretty good. It's yeah. probably my least favorite of all the Criterion movies I've watched this month so far. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching it again. Yeah. And I wonder if there was any um, Scott Pilgrim influence there. Uh, yeah, I can see that a little bit. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting. If you think about it. It's an interesting movie. It looked yeah. really cool for a, for being a 2004 movie, mm-hmm. which I think of 2004 and 2002 uh, as well uh, as being like an era in film where movies look so like faceless and bad <laughs> like uh, the movies just look like they could have been shot by anybody i mean that's not true for all movies of course but like the average uh like blockbuster or whatever yeah. just is very like sitcom-y looking sure so uh although i think a lot of movies from 2002 look a lot better than movies from 2022 yeah, well, that's true, because everything in 2022 is shot with, like, digital cameras yeah. and looks like the same Netflix, like, original yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's about it for everything I've seen. Katie, do you... Uh... Yeah, I haven't seen a fucking movie in, like, two months, so... <laughs> Besides <laughs> Queen of the Damned. Besides Queen of the Damned. I've seen them twice in the past week. Uh, uh, or any shows or... Well, so I watched... Or... Watched, so I watched uh, um, Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And good. how? How's that? <laughs> it was good. I because I mean, the fourth season just started. Is that right? I think it's the fourth. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was entertaining. I didn't feel very strongly about it. Yeah. So it's not um, stronger things. It's Stranger Things. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you watch the Soft, whole like softer things? <laughs> yeah. Did you watch every episode or just like a we couple? We did. Yeah, like uh-huh. every episode, and then um, the last. It's, it's strange because. The last two episodes were like, like, well, the last one was like two and a half hours, and the one before uh-huh. that was like, oh uh, yeah, it's basically a movie. Really strange, yeah. And, yeah. Um, why they didn't like break those up into individual episodes? I don't know. Yeah. I kind of don't care. I was like fully entertained. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how I feel I about mean, a lot yeah. of TV shows. Yeah. Is yeah. I don't get swept up in like the cult of personality about a lot of them but like yeah yeah i can watch some of them and be like all right that was fine but yeah that's similar to how i feel about the last like marvel movies i saw in theaters like they're not bad but it's just like i forget about them the minute i stop watching them yeah Yeah. i'm just not into fighting scenes like i can't do marvel or any of the star wars yeah no i yeah i'm I stand alone in my friend group that I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I I will say I do go through phases where I just watch a movie a day. Yeah. Constantly, but the last three months, regrettably, yeah. like I haven't no. been watching that much. I mean, well, even because I even, started a new job, so I'm a little busier. Yeah. yeah. And like I, duh, but you can't watch a movie all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Dan famously renounced Star Wars. That's true. Famously. <laughs> famously. Uh, I mean, I, I've been saying that since Rise of Skywalker came out. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm not a Star Wars fan anymore. I'm just not. Uh, I mean, because that movie's terrible. But I mean, it was just kind of like a... It was. I, I just reached a point in my life where I was like, you know what? 
I've seen enough Star Wars yeah. Yeah. to carry me for the rest of my life. I don't care anymore. And uh, like that's true of the old ones, too. Like I like the old movies still, but I don't, I don't even own them anymore. And I own a lot of movies, so it's kind of weird that I don't have them. It's like you, you're into them to, this, to a certain degree or you're not. And like, that's mm-hmm. like where the line's drawn. Uh, like Rustin reads like Star Wars like novels or like books and comics mm-hmm. and plays games or just watches different shows like so he knows all about like that whole like, universe yeah the whole universe like a really big investment i just never got into it i think that's okay yeah i'm not into star wars i don't know how to approach this subject because you were into it for so long <laughs> yeah i mean i guess for some context i've been to two star wars fan conventions mm-hmm I was pretty into it for... Okay. Yeah. Well, that's your... You were engaged. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, dress up in costumes or anything like that. I will... You weren't Darth Maul. you went to a convention. Yeah. Well, Andrew went, too. I went, too. But to to make you happy. I mean, it was... It was like a friend. being a good friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm surprised it's the first time, like, Star Wars has come up on this podcast. I mean, I guess we'll have to do some Star Wars... Yeah thing eventually yeah. uh uh yeah i don't know did you want to talk about star wars i mean no not like but did, was there anything else about star wars that i was just gonna say that when you and i went to go see uh star wars the clone wars animated oh, movie right <laughs> terrible movie that was that was a pretty <laughs> fun experience yeah which that's funny because that's like probably a low point among most uh, Star Wars fans. Yeah. So you, that's how you know you're not really a Star Wars fan, in that you consider that one of your most fun Star Wars viewing <laughs> experiences. Because uh, that that movie has a you remember Jabba the Hutt, Katie? I know who I know of them. Okay. Yeah. So Jabba, <laughs> he's like the big slug. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's another one of that creature another hut uh, uh jabba's uncle is that right somehow or related cousin cousin or, something yeah. like that and uh named zero the hut yeah. in star wars the clone wars which is this like animated star wars movie mm-hmm. and um zero the hut sounds like truman capote yeah <laughs> it's a it's fascinating a... character <laughs> to behold <laughs> yeah very much a miscalculation yeah uh, so we, we, we saw that movie and we all, we had a pretty good time, yeah. uh, just kind of like soaking that in. Yeah. Cause but that movie, you, bad. you and our, our other friend, Brian, who's really into Star Wars. He's the one, I would say he's the one that's like still into Star Wars yeah. the most. Wanted to see it and I was like, oh man, I really don't want to see this <laughs> cartoon Star Wars movie. But I'm glad I did because I had a good time. And I still talk about that experience to this day. Did you, so did you ever see Solo? I did see Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but you never saw the last like proper Star Wars movie. No, I never Rise saw the Rise of Skywalker. I yeah. just became a dad at the time, and yeah. I was too busy, and it just, just changes you, man. Just Coming changes dad, you, man. Just changes yeah. You, man. <laughs> and I didn't care that much at the time. Uh, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. I might I, see it one day. I mean, I always joke about picking it for our movie night just yeah. to make you watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't want to rewatch it, so <laughs> that's not actually going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's... Is that everything that everybody's... Well, I mean, I was going to say that I, I went down the rabbit hole with yeah. this Shutter 
documentary called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. Mm-hmm. It's a very long documentary. It's like three and a half hours. But it just goes down the rabbit hole with like the origins of folk horror. Uh-huh. Um, and it in the first like hour it talks about all of these like influential or like the origins of it. So like authors like like who wrote very important books or like gothic horror novels, mm-hmm. things like that that led up to what we consider the genre folk horror. And I I've only been reading like literally the past Yeah. So that got you reading like all these yes. books. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. What's it called again? It's Woodlands. Called, it's a very long name. Woodlands: Dark and Days Bewitched: A History of Folk Horror. I I should I don't have Shutter. I have. Oh, my login. Okay. <laughs> Shutter, Shutter, and Movie are just like God damn it! No. All these all these like streaming services are like man, they're just talking about swapping login info. <laughs> Really, that's like I love Shutter. Like it's it's cheesy. Shutter's fun. I mean, uh, they have a I lot of stuff horror. on like, there. Like yeah, I I had it a few years ago, but I don't currently have Shutter. I sorry Shutter. I I mean probably like a lot of people. I pick I tend to pick up around like the fall season where I'll uh-huh. maybe subscribe to Shutter again for a month yeah. or whatever. It's a Halloween. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although I don't like celebrate Halloween or anything really, but. It is, it is just kind of like a, a win in Rome sort of mm-hmm. thing, where it's like, yeah. you know, everyone's talking about horror movies or whatever again, so it's like, well, yeah. I want to rewatch them, or I want to watch some new ones. Yeah, I got, like, really into it, and um, some you... of the authors that they mentioned, like, Algernon Blackwood mm-hmm. has a short story called The Willows that is mentioned a couple times, and I, I Yeah, I think you it. told me about it. Yeah, I read yeah. it and was, like, so into it. To the point where I'm like, someone needs to make this a fucking screenplay. Like, it's so good. Do you like The Witch? Yes. The Witch is great. Yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, that's, horror. like, what I think of when I think of, like, like a folk. modern folk horror. Yeah, and yeah. I like that director and, like, the whole... Yeah, a lot. So, like, yeah, The Witch. Um, I guess Wicker Man would be, like, the yeah the most classic example. Yeah, sure. Folk horror. The original Wicker Man's great. Um, or, yeah. like, Midsummer's and a more modern one yeah. that came mm-hmm. out. It's really just uh, identifying the natural world and, like, the outdoors and uh, as scary and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> uh, I, I really like all those movies. Even the 06 Wicker Man. Well, which is... Liking, which liking is, that movie. Is which is a bad movie, Nick but... Cage? Yeah, with Nick Cage. Uh, but I mean, I, that's, that's a notable, like... Maybe, I guess. <laughs> but I've had a good time every time I've watched it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I think I've told the story on the podcast, but like, do you remember when we saw that in theaters? And yeah, you, me, absolutely. And your dad. You, me, my dad. And uh, I fell asleep the first half of that movie. Yeah. And if you've ever seen that movie, the second half of that movie is like completely insane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just Nick Cage, like, running around screaming at yeah, people. But, yeah, bees, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So bees. I will. I like. I fell asleep for like the whole first half of that movie. Basically, I fell asleep probably in the first like ten minutes of that movie. Yeah, and then I wake up and it's just Nick Cage screaming at people. I'm like, is this what this movie's been? Because I mean, I after I woke up, I like stayed engaged yeah. because the rest of that movie's like pretty funny. Yeah, um, and if I remember right, I was the driving force to wanting to see that movie because I thought it like might be 
good because it, that was like opening day. Yeah. And it was like a Neil LeBute movie, and it was with Nick Cage, and I was like, oh, maybe this will be like a good movie. That was at a time when Neil LeBute still had a little shine on it. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, Neil LeBute is an uh, interesting filmmaker. Yeah, like bad boy playwright turned director. He gets a lot of uh, criticism <sighs> yeah. for the way he writes women in his yeah. movies. And, and uh, I would say rightfully so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't mean that to, to sound like, <laughs> oh, cancel culture, edit the game. Yeah, let's stick up for Neil. Um, but, like, I mean, like, even even the way The Wicker Man takes, takes the original movie and mm. then makes all the bad guys in the new Wicker Man women... It's like yeah. very notable. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wait, why, why are, why are the women the bad ones in this yeah. now? Because that's not how the original movie is. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily. It's, it doesn't make it not like full core, even if it's like skewing like the original. Mm, yeah. Plot. Yeah. Is it like really? It's just taking like what's dogmatic or like folklore, or mm-hmm. but like what's natural and what is outside of modern is considered usually pure mm-hmm. but full core takes it and spins it on its head and it's right. like oh this is threatening this is like backwards not good this is witchcraft this yeah. is yeah like what should be like a comforting experience is actually your sacrifice right because at the end he gets burned he gets oh. burned <laughs> Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. Yeah, and that was before he was a meme, Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean, when, I, when I we think, saw it, I think that movie might have been like part of him turning into that, like yeah, the persona that leads to him having that movie about being yeah. Nicolas Cage, which came out this year. Yeah, I've actually never seen the remakes. I probably should. I could let you borrow it. Do you own that? You own oh yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll put a stack together. <laughs> but you don't have Halloween two. I don't have Halloween two. But I don't have Halloween two. I have Halloween one and three. Exactly. No one has fucking Halloween two. But I think Halloween two is on Tubi. Tubi's excellent. We stick up for Tubi every week. Tubi, the finest streaming service around. Well, it's good. free. You don't need an account. <laughs> it's got minimal advertisements <laughs> at um, uh, very smartly. Uh, pinpointed moments in the film yeah. in between scenes so that you never feel like you're being interrupted. The ads are are very strategically yeah. placed. Yeah. Tubi. Yeah. It's not movie. It's Tubi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about Queen of the Damned. Alright. Should we do it? Yes. Should we dive in? Let's uh let's Queen Queen of the Damned it All up. Right. Alright, well let's let's dive into Queen of the Damned. We just finished chilling out. Uh now, I always start this, like, part of the conversation with, did anybody see this in theaters? No. And the answer is no, right? No. No. Uh, this was my first viewing. Yeah. Was it your first time, too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for watching it for, <laughs> for this. Uh, yeah, I'd never seen it before. It wasn't really the kind of thing I would see at the time. No. Uh, I mean, it got bad reviews. Yeah. Um. And I wasn't really, like, a big fantasy guy at the time. No, it would have, it would have read to us as teenagers as being, like, a girl movie, I think. Like an Anne Rice 
Like, yeah. ooh, that's a girl movie. Or so whatever. Anne Rice was like girl genre. Is that's what I would... The vampire genre was like... Yeah, I would else. think so, yeah. And I would say that that even held for, like, the Twilight movies later on. Maybe more extreme for those, but, like, um, at least to, like, a teenage boy. Right. Like, a teenage boy's view. Like, I would have thought that then. I mean, I don't really think that's true now, but, like, uh, I still didn't like this movie. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, uh, this movie was based on an Anne Rice novel. Mm-hmm. It's based on, like, two Anne Rice Correct. novels that yeah. they jammed into one movie, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it is, like, kind of a sequel to Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. I they, mean, it is a sequel, but it's, it's got, like... It's the Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned combined to, yes. like, one. Yeah, yeah. And they did ask Tom Cruise to be in this movie whenever they like, first fuck started. No? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because... <laughs> I mean, like, okay, let's, I, they probably were trying to make this movie for longer, like, closer to Interview with the Vampire, yeah. but, like, like where would, 2002 would have been a pretty weird time in Tom Cruise's career, if well, you think about it, Well, right? I was thinking about this, so, Interview with the Vampire was 1994, and then apparently, like, Warner Brothers, like, took their time with, like, a follow-up. They had the rights to the, the series for like a good chunk of time and then I guess waited to the last minute to make the next movie and then uh they asked Tom Cruise and he was like no <laughs> yeah I mean that's they I'm thinking they probably asked him probably maybe a year or two after like Jerry Maguire yeah I was and thinking he's like probably like well no people actually take me seriously as an actor now right. so no I'm not going to do and that. who knows like what he was presented with it was probably some like muddled like fucking screenplay like, yeah I mean it could have been exactly the screenplay two, like very long books into an hour and a half of like fucking yeah. porn and yeah. like, new metal shit and <laughs> well if he knew great. I'm sure if he knew like <laughs> if it were to turn out how it did turn out he would have been like absolutely not <laughs> But you did not say that at first. But, uh, yeah, there was probably, I would think, no script, maybe, at the <laughs> point when Tom Cruise was approached. I don't know. Probably. Because... They were. They might have just been gauging his interest yeah. in, in playing the character again. Yeah. Because I was thinking this probably was filmed the same year that MI2 came out, probably. Okay. I mean, of... that's a bad movie also, but sure. for different reasons, I guess. But, yeah, uh... Like, yeah, he just, it was, like, right after his big movie year, like, he just did, like, Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia, which are the two best Tom Cruise movies. He was, like, a serious actor then. Yeah. Magnolia, like, the Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Yeah. Great character. A movie I watch probably twice a year. <laughs> That's wild. Like, I, I think Magnolia is a great movie, but uh-huh. I cannot watch that movie, like, regularly. Because <laughs> it's, it's so long. It's and very long dogs. and sad. The, the, yeah, the dogs. <laughs> the right. dogs. I mean, of all the sad things that happen in that movie, but the end, like, the fucking dogs. Yeah. Some dogs anyway. do die in that. But anyhow, getting back to Queen of the Damned. Uh, dogs and frogs. The Magnolia story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I love Magnolia. And Eyes Wide Shut. Those are two very long movies that I watch often. Eyes Wide Shut owns. They both do. Um, it might be like my second favorite Kubrick movie if I really have to think about it. I, I have held that thought 
since Tough. for a very long time. What would what would your Kubrick list be? At least off the top of your head. Kubrick list? Yeah. Or just like or top, what, top like three. If you have like a top Kubrick. Uh, I mean Clockwork Orange. Probably. Okay. Oh, okay. See, that doesn't rank as high for me. For me, <laughs> for me, it goes uh, 2001 yeah, okay. Eyes Wide Shut. That's it. That's 2001 Eyes Wide Shut and then Clockwork The Shining. Clockwork Orange is like absolutely fucked up and like uh-huh. problematic but I was obsessed with it when I first saw it so I 2001 know. always confused me like yeah even like I think I tried watching it in my mid-20s and I was like all right let's like critically sit down Katie and like pay uh-huh. attention to this and like even like the like match shot from like the I don't know I just don't get it I don't get it uh that's a movie and that... I've been in film classes and they yeah. explain it to me and I'm, I still don't get it like I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know, art is so subjective that it doesn't matter like how many times it can be explained to you. It, if it's not your yeah. thing, it's not your thing. Like, I don't know. I've I've watched a bunch of movies that are like critically acclaimed and it's like, I guess I can see why people like that this, but it still just doesn't like register for me. Yeah. And, and, and that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh. See, I have a different favorite Kubrick movie from both of you. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the Shining is my oh, favorite Kubrick movie. That's my I third. about that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, The Shining is like the yeah. top two movies from the 80s, maybe? Top two, three? I think that's my, that whole my number one from the 80s. Actually, it's probably number one that I forgot. <laughs> yeah. The Shining's great. I mean, I, that's the thing about a Kubrick list. It's like... You could go any other direction. You can go with, like, almost any... You could even say Full Metal Jacket, even though I wouldn't have it up there. But I'd be like, okay, I can understand why you would pick that as your number one. Yeah. yeah. Or Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Barry Lyndon's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I could let you borrow it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be walking out with, like, a stack of movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have to convince anybody that Kubrick has made some great films. Hey, hot take on 2002 this week. They said Stanley <laughs> Kubrick was pretty talented. I mean, we didn't even I mean, mention Dr. Strangelove. Like, yeah. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. And also, the title of our show is a... 2001. Kubrick. Yes. A Space Odyssey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that I forgot The Shining was directed by Kubrick, and I'm like, I'm really the horror. So. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, he has a very, like, varied career. He's yeah. all over the place, genre-wise. I mean... If you look at, like, his early stuff, too, like, those, like, war films and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Paths of Glory. Paths of Glory, and then yeah. there's Spartacus. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always forget about Spartacus yeah. being part Spartacus of Spartacus might be my least favorite, but I'll probably rewatch that one day and have a different opinion on it. It feels the most, like, Kubrick doing a job for a studio to yeah. me of all the ones. I haven't seen, like, Paths of Glory or his, yeah. like, earliest stuff, but... Um, but 2001, I think, is just the most, one of the most, like, cinematic movies I've ever seen. And I saw it in theaters, uh, when it got re-released, like, 2017 or 18, I think. I think seeing that movie in theaters probably kind of unlocks a little extra juice in it. Definitely. I've never seen it in theaters, um, and I'm... I like it a lot, but I am close. I think I'm a little closer to you, Katie, on it than maybe Andrew, where it's like 
I can see and I, I like it and I can respect it, <laughs> but it it's not a movie I can just imagine watching <laughs> again. I, I've seen it like twice and it's just like... You're talking about Space Odyssey. 2001 yeah. Space yeah. Odyssey. Isn't yeah. it like the most famous like match shot in history where it's like the... The jump cut with the bone yeah. and the uh, yeah. spaceship. And that was like a huge thing because I was an anthropology major and so yeah. that was a always presented in lectures and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, here you have these people like figuring out tools... Like these, like primitive forms of man, like figuring out tools and like weapons, and then all of a sudden we're in space, and this is like this giant leap between like mm-hmm. like BC to yeah, who knows AD, right? And, but yeah, but it's, yeah, I still don't get it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know I if wild. I like. I don't know if I like. It might be a movie that's impossible to truly understand <laughs> because its meaning is probably like open to interpretation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but it it hits me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Give it another whirl. Yeah, give it a shot. I could let you borrow it. <laughs> so um, all of these movies that you're allowed to borrow are very long, too. Do you have, like a, like, a tote bag? Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the Criterion Closet videos on YouTube yeah. where a celebrity gets to, like, take home any Criterion yeah. they yeah, want. Yeah, but, like, I would love, like, I wouldn't watch anything that they recommends. Like, I really am open to it. Yeah. I've just been, yeah. like, Andrew's so cabinet. stupid fucking busy. Like, so, yeah, like, tell me to watch something, I'll watch it. Okay. Well, we should probably like continue with yes, Queen of the Dam. Let's start with Queen of the Dam. We were yeah. talking Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, yeah. That was what led us to Kubrick. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> so basically, none of us had an interest in seeing this when it came out in two thousand two. No. Mm-mm. Right. Because I would say my, I think one of the biggest reasons to see this movie is if you're a fan of new metal. Because of the soundtrack? Because even yeah. back then, it had a very like notable soundtrack for that genre. Right. And I would say in 2002, my interest in new metal had already faded. Yeah. But that wouldn't be like the main reason for you to see this movie. Like, you no, be, like... but it might have put it on my radar if I was into yeah. new metal. You yeah. know, like, I really oh. like Korn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Korn, Korn's not even really on the soundtrack. The actual soundtrack. Because did you read about... Uh, Jonathan, okay. <laughs> Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis had, like, um, contractual obligations that he wasn't, or, like, a contract, contractual, like, stipulation that he wasn't allowed to actually be on the soundtrack. He, like, played, but he wasn't allowed to sing on the soundtrack. Yeah. So all, all of Lestat's songs that we hear in the movie are obviously Jonathan Davis. Yeah. But on the soundtrack, they're all performed by, like, five different people. <laughs> There's Marilyn Manson. Uh-huh. Uh, the disturbed guy, Dave yeah. Draymond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's the, the orgy guy. The no. orgy guy. Yeah. Uh, there's Wayne Static from mm-hmm. Static, X. Static X. And then who's the fifth? There's like one more. Uh, we, let's see. You said disturbed. Man. <laughs> orgy man. Okay, so. Static X. I don't understand. So these so, five guys <laughs> are responsible for what's on the soundtrack? Right. So. Like yeah. what legally is being sold when someone buys the soundtrack yeah. to the movie? Yeah. Yeah. So Jonathan Davis was yes. the, the, yes. the singing voice of Lestat in the movie, but. Because very obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever heard a corn song, yeah. I'm, like when he started singing, I was like, "Oh, this is this is the corn guy." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but because corn uh, and Jonathan Davis were uh, 
like uh what was what was the label was it sony sony bmg yeah, yeah because they were a sony group he couldn't release a warner brothers album so oh. the, the fifth one was uh chester bennington chester from bennington, that's right yeah. yeah uh so he couldn't be on a, a release from warner brothers from wea because you know he was with sony so all these other guys were on the official soundtrack, even though he was the voice double for Lestat. Got it. Yeah. He's in the movie, too. We're glad we cleared that up. Yeah. And he has a cameo. <laughs> yeah. At, uh, Did you catch his cameo? When he's, like, scalping people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I read some piece of trivia. It's like he improvised that whole, that whole scene, and Margaret Moreau's reaction, where she seems charmed is genuine or something like that on the IMDb <laughs> trivia yeah uh, <laughs> because he so was weird. just making that up he he shows up at minute 56 if uh, if IMDb is correct excellent <laughs> uh, but anyhow so we already established that this is like the this movie is like a mashup of the the second and third movie or the second and third books in the Anne Rice vampire chronicles series mm-hmm. uh so should we talk a little bit about what happens in this movie uh yes but before we do have yeah. either of you ever seen interview with a vampire yeah yes you've seen that i haven't seen that i read what the do book you what do you guys think and about i saw it. it okay i mean i thought the the movie was good i yeah. didn't have i mean i saw it and was like so you haven't seen it recently then i actually did start watching it today, but I fell asleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I fell asleep like an hour. <laughs> well, thank you <laughs> for thank you for watching it. Going the extra mile, yeah. <laughs> I considered rewatching it, but I I didn't. Uh, and I got as far as uh yeah like Kirsten Dunst's character, and I remember like feeling arrested. I was like, she's awesome. She's like a little fucking killer. And then I fell asleep. That's an early Kirsten Dunst performance. Very the first, right? Possibly, I think it. Might uh, be. yeah, because that was before Jumanji, right? It gets right? really complicated for her because she ends up. I mean, her character ends up surviving decades, and yeah. she's stuck as this like little girl, uh-huh. and she admires developed like women, like like sexual women around her, and is just like, when will I ever look like that? When will I ever be like that? Yeah, when she's like cognitively like emotionally matured to that point but she just can't develop to it yeah and so it becomes this like really interesting point in the story i think for an interview with the vampire and in the book um there was like a huge there's a lot about that so you about development you read the the book interview with the vampire yeah a long time ago yeah i think i was like 19 or 20 when i read it yeah i i never read the book but i did see the movie on network television when I was a kid, <laughs> on NBC. I believe it was NBC. The movie wasn't bad. I mean, I remember being disappointed with the movie because it didn't e- expand on what it's like to fall in love with a knight once you become a vampire. Mm. Because it, in the Anne Rice novel, like, uh, Lewis is turned, Louis is turned mm. by Lestat, and he's, like, pulled up and, like, invited to, like, look around. And he's, like, in the swamp of, Mm-hmm. Louisiana and they kind of show it in the movie but in the in the book there's like a whole chapter of just like things like becoming more illuminated and like the sounds he hears and like his senses becoming more aware and like his skin like tingling and mm-hmm. just like 
the way like he sees, and it was so cool. Did you read the other books? Mm-hmm. Like, I did not read no. the stuff. The Vampire Lestat, which was yeah. the second book, and or then Queen of, the Queen of the Damned. Those both came out in the 80s, right? I, I didn't read any of the books. I just saw the, the first interview with the vampire movie. Anne Rice, who very recently passed away, yeah. too. Last year, right? We were recording an episode the day that it happened. It was December 11th last oh, wow. year, because I remember seeing like, oh, Anne Rice passed away. We, we're doing Queen of the Damned soon. But that was eight months ago. <laughs> oh, boy. Shows you how, like, that we thought we would get through this yeah. podcast a lot quicker. Also, apparently she owned to up to the movie. She was like, yeah, I fully back this. And eventually was like, I have nothing to do with this. Yeah. Because like, I, never was, mind. <laughs> I was reading about how she was, like, pretty involved. And, yeah. like, she, like, met with... Um, What's his name? Stuart Townsend, uh-huh. who plays uh, Lestat. Yeah. And she was like, oh, he's so charming. And then uh, I guess there's some chapter in one of her books called Stuart Townsend. It's just yeah. a character named Stuart Townsend. And he was like, oh my God, I can't believe you you wrote a chapter about me. Or like, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what his English accent sounds like. But um, probably not like that. Oh, Stuart Townsend just walked in. <laughs> Stuart! You just hear it. We should insert like a door yeah. creak. Um, uh, and, uh, she, I guess just, it was just a coincidence, but yeah. Right. So, yeah. So she, uh, she was pretty involved from what I read. And then, uh, she like kept hearing good things about the Queen of the Damned movie. And then she saw the movie. Yeah. And she disowned it. (laughs) It's odd to me that she ever would have like given it her blessing, given that, it is a mashup of two whole books. Yeah. Condensed into like an hour and a half. And t- yeah. yeah, this movie's like 85 minutes long. And involving new fucking metal. Like, who, <laughs> really? how is this a good idea? It like, should have involved... Christ. It should have involved whatever she imagined yeah. it sounding Ugh. like when she wrote it. Like, it should have been like about hair metal bands yeah. or something. Because I, I had to look it up, like, because I didn't read The Vampire Lestat or... Well, I haven't read any of her books, but... I knew nothing about The Vampire Lestat or Queen of the Damned, the books. So I had to look up if there was, like, a rock band involved in the book. And he does, like, Lestat does, like, wake up and join a band. Like, a rock band. But not... Oh, this would have been in the 80s. So... So maybe worse than... Uh, 88 was when uh, The Queen of the Damned came out. Yeah. Um, But, but... What that happens in Vampire Lestat, right? So, but what did you uh, understand? 85. Okay. Okay, so even if it was 88, hypothetically, yeah. this is non sequitur, but like, yeah, goth was, goth existed in 88. Yeah. But in this movie, like, Lestat has been asleep for 100 years. Yeah. If that. And like, so like, it's 2002, so 1902. What's he listening to? Fucking, like, fucking Scott Joplin. Stravinsky. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I don't know, but he's, like, woken by, like, this shitty rap rock. Like, and he's like, oh, oh I, I must me. lead a rebellion. Like, like that, that's what wakes him up. Is he, this, yeah. He yeah. absolutely should have, like, woken up and rap, joined, like, Sisters of Mercy or something. <laughs> like, that would have made he was, like, sense. That's what I'm like, he's like, yeah, like, a couple of years late. Like, yeah. Like, the cult. The cult, yeah. yeah, the mission, any one of those, like... Or Bauhaus. Cushion death. But I guess that leads yeah. us to The Hunger. God, the hun- Bauhaus would have been perfect, but... The Hunger is a cool movie. That's a much better vampire movie than this. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, it was 
it was this band that he started that yeah and who who is the band that wakes him up? Like, is that that, I'm a, that has to be a real band? It's a right? practicing band that doesn't have lead singer, I believe. That uh-huh. happens to be practicing in his house. I yeah. don't know. I mean, in in the <laughs> oh, movie, they're like, like oh, I don't know. I think it's like a. But I I would just assume that they group. were like a real band. I don't in real life. No, I don't I think, were, think actually, so. Oh, okay. Like, I thought they were actually like uh, Howard. Uh, what's his name? Okay. Well, because I know, like, Jonathan uh, Davis played instruments and stuff uh-huh. on those songs. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. They, they could have just been actors. Um, Maybe. But, uh, but uh... I mean, not to bring it back to Tom Cruise while <laughs> Katie looks this up, but, like, uh, so I'm imagining... <laughs> you remember Rock of Ages? Yeah, yeah. Cause, <laughs> Did you ever see Rock of Ages? Mm-mm. It's like the hair metal uh, uh-huh. musical about like L.A. Sunset Strip <laughs> and shit in like the late eighties. Okay. Um, well, Tom Cruise plays a, a rocker in that called Stacy Jacks. Mm-hmm. He's like a hair metal musician, kind of like a Axel Axel Rose, I guess, would be kind of the equivalent. And uh, it's a wild performance, and I probably feel- the last time Tom Cruise's handlers ever let him do anything like that. Now he has to just play. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like the asexual hero Ethan that he Hawk. is now, yeah. Or Ethan, Ethan, Hawk, Hunt. Ethan Hunt, yeah. Um, and uh, it's a uh, it's it's a terrible movie, of course. But like, uh, I'm just imagining Stacy Jacks, like <laughs> Tom Cruise as Lestat, and then like fronting like some hair metal band. Yeah. Still would have been infinitely more interesting yeah. to me yeah. than what we Absolutely. get. It yeah. would have made more, like, it would have been more interesting yeah, if he woke up. <laughs> In the 80s. Sure. Like, if he could have... Or, like, the dawn of rock and roll. Like, the 50s. Yeah, yeah. Like, when things got really fucking interesting and edgy. Mm-hmm. But no, it was fucking new metal. Right. It was all this, like, precarious, like, cultural and musical evolutions that bring us to this point yeah. of fucking Jonathan Davis. Yeah. And, like, fishnet t-shirts. And, like, <laughs> fucking nipple piercings. And... And leather, where he's like, oh, now's my time. Yeah. It's funny, because I feel it's like they're, gross. like, a year or two too late e- to the new metal Even movement. the movie Queen of the Damned is too late. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like new metal kind of reaches its, like, apex it's in, like, 2000. 99, 2000. Yeah. With, like, Woodstock 2000, or Woodstock 99. 99. Yeah. But that's kind of true of the way that, that like, mainstream culture capitalizes on, like, uh, like, more, like grassroots movements or indie movements yeah you know, it comes to their attention and then they like make a fucking movie like yeah when it really ended in like 98 or something yeah yeah you know but now like everybody else is really interested in there's like i've never heard of this this is yeah. fucking fascinating yeah like, yeah and they well, make a bunch of money yeah i mean this movie didn't make that much money it did it did all right though first mm-hmm. weekend but uh <laughs> I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it lasted very long no, in our viewers' so. hearts. But what about her death? Did that not like? Yeah, I don't know. That that might have been part of why it did well the first weekend. That's probably why it did Aaliyah. pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I did read that there was a planned uh, duet between Jonathan Davis and Aaliyah. It now, didn't happen. Now, was that for the so soundtrack or yeah. for the movie? Probably for the... I don't know, actually. Because while I was watching this, I was thinking, like, you got like, Aaliyah in this movie. Who she is doesn't a, sing. a good singer, and this is a movie about a rock band. 
Why yeah. not have her sing? It's possible. In the movie. The, maybe actually, the... like, why isn't it Leah like front and center of this movie to begin with? <laughs> she doesn't come in until like minute fifty, right? Of, yeah. Of an eighty-five minute movie. And she's like unbelievable. Like she's, she nails it. Like she channels like thousand-year-old vampire. Like even her 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 speech sounds mm. weird. Like the way she kind of moves, like like kind of serpentine and like she. I forgot I was listening to Corn. Yeah. When I watched her. <laughs> well, like, that's how much I liked her. It's funny that you mentioned like, this. I was into this movie because of her. Yeah. But the fucked up She's thing is like, compelling. she has this amazing scene at the Admiral's Arms when she actually kills all these vampires who admitted that they, they're plotting to kill Lestat yeah. at his. Uh, the, the Admiral's Arms, he, which is the vampire bar. In, yeah, in, in London. Yeah. But, uh, where, the guy, where the guy's getting sucked. She shows up there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she has this, like, amazing scene where we see her for the first time in, in flesh. Because at first she's she a speaks, statue person. Yeah, and she speaks and she's, like, controlling and, like, the way she moves her hands. Yeah. And, like, she gestures with her fingers very, like fluidly and she's very serpentine and then she like kills fucking everybody mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah fuck yeah more like let's go let's go this movie's yeah. getting better and then the scene ends and it cuts to fucking lestat and blue hue mm-hmm. like laying in a fucking giant <laughs> reclining in a giant like satellite for some reason yeah it's a lot of him just and like, like him zooming like zooming out of him like in a fucking satellite and like why i don't care like Stuart townsend's a real I wet blanket it. in this movie yeah it, anytime he's on screen you're just like Ugh. yeah mr personality and the I, narration is like so yeah excessive and it's so stupid sorry I'm yeah sorry. but like yeah a lot of lestat stuff in the middle of the movie is just him like on a satellite or hanging on, like hanging out on top of a skyscraper. Yeah. Like reclining on his back. <laughs> it's just yeah. moody. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Aaliyah's speech in the movie because there is a trivia fact about this movie that because she passed away, she wasn't able to do a lot of her um, additional dialogue recording okay. after the fact. So they mm-hmm. actually brought Aaliyah's brother in to do it and then they used like software to, you know, like change the pitch and yeah. stuff to make it sound a little more like Aaliyah. Yeah. Um, so that might be like why she sounds Amazing. a little... Yeah, I mean, like, a little... I mean, not not like human at times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, she sounds like some sort of mystical Well, like, yeah. even like Lestat and like uh, Morius, is like, a lot of their their accents were really fucking confusing from the get-go. I'm like, what? where are they from? Like, his <laughs> accent is like, is it like... Yeah. European is it? So, it was just very like. So when Lestat wakes up, is he in London or is he in like New Orleans? He was. I'm assuming he was in New. It looked kind of swampy. Yeah, if I remember I right. He's in New so. Orleans, but. Yeah, I think I think he's in New Orleans because that's where most of Interview with Vampire takes place, right? Right. A lot of that yeah. movie. Well, the movie. But yeah. he also shows up at Admiral's Arms in London, like, right? Randomly in the movie. I think I think <laughs> he wakes up in New Orleans and then he makes that band into like international superstars, <laughs> and then that's when he starts going to in London in the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> They're just like, well, they got this weird guy that never performs in public as their frontman. No, so. the way he shows up, he's just like this, like on their like. Yeah, oh, I'm convinced. He's, he's lounging. And they're like, yeah. you're in. Yeah. You so, 
since we like we're jumping all over the place, I'll just like quickly do a rundown for like the first like thirty minutes of the movie. So sure. Lestat is awakened by uh, a band that is playing above his grave, right in New Orleans, and that's like a new metal band, <laughs> and I guess it's the sound he's been waiting for. As he as he said, slumber. yeah, yeah, and then it's your cousin Marvin Lestat. <laughs> yeah, is that hot new sound you've been looking for? So he he stroll he strolls into their practice room. Uh, I think he bites he he feasts on one of the band members, right? I don't remember. I... Yeah, I think he 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 kills one of the band's members. Uh, he, he kills, kills the, the singer. singer. The singer, yeah, yeah. yeah. He you know he bites like, his yeah, neck. Yeah, this is Mina. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then he. It becomes the frontman for the band, and the band is becomes the Vampire Lestat. That's the name of the band. Is it, or is it just Lestat? It's, Lestat. it's just Lestat. I mean, because okay. like I saw that he was on the front and back cover of the Rolling Stone. It was just Lestat. <laughs> right. There's I, a Rolling Stone magazine, <laughs> magazine and I just saw yeah. Lestat. I think one <laughs> member of the band at least should have stuck up for the lead singer who got killed. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck you, dude. That was Terry. Yeah, he I've was, known that guy for years. He was a good guy. <laughs> yeah. He just drank his neck. <laughs> um, so, so he he becomes the frontman for the band, kills that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then like there's like a quick montage which is which establishes Crazy. that they become like a big band, and then there's the press conference scene, <laughs> where he basically. Uh, outs the vampire community right where he, he's like yes i'm a vampire vampires yeah. exist yeah he he establishes that vampires are real not a single person would have believed that if that happened today <laughs> no like, they're just some, like they're just like oh that's oh cool that's their thing that's their gimmick but yeah. we're not gonna go we can't start doing that because we will tear apart this fucking movie and have nothing to talk about yeah <laughs> right right it's true you have to kind of accept yeah some of the movie's logic this. to just yeah. yeah you have to meet it somewhere yeah. just accept uh, and so then this uh, angers the vampire community because they have been you know outed as existing living in the shadows yeah living in the shadows uh, and then they like so the the vampires like kind of hatch this plan to kill Lestat at some point after Lestat invites them to the show that he's going to have yeah. in Death Valley, where he's like, I want <laughs> you all to do your best work. He yeah, yeah. is like, I'm inviting all vampires to kill me on stage. Why Death yeah. Valley? Just I, because of the name. Maybe because of the name. <laughs> it's so, gotta be. <laughs> so in this pre- press conference, Lestat says, I will perform my one and only show in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And I guess the language that he's using kind of cryptically invites all the the vampires to the show and also awakens akasha right no that's a little later um, he writes like a new song or something isn't I don't it remember. S- somewhere I don't remember. somewhere around like the first 30 to 40 minutes he awakens akasha the queen of the damned it's with the power remember of this she, rocking like, they show her away from like her uh podium or like where she yeah. was situated next to her husband and like she clearly had killed her right so i think Continue, so i think when uh lestat says like oh i'm gonna do this show in death valley that's him like inviting all the vampires to the show and 
uh, awakening the like the ancient vampires, right? And then uh, after that, I think one of his music videos is seen playing on TV, and that is what wakes up. Yeah, I know it's with his music. That's what wakes yeah. her up, which is so funny to think that. <laughs> but it all wakes her up the first time and the second. Like, like so, so vampires can sleep as long as they want, basically. Uh-huh. But the music will wake them up. Yeah, unless they hear like, what the fuck like, is that the- shit? Turn it off! I'm trying to sleep down here. Yeah. Continue the the, the plot. Yeah, until she hears the right <laughs> until she hears the right corn song, then she's awake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so is he scatting? <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Man, what terrible music! It's corn. Corn's bad. I. I mean, if if that's your thing, and we I, we do have listeners who might be into. Corn. Yeah, I mean, we don't want shit on it. Like, yeah, people's... maybe we shouldn't like give it away for people who are listening. So maybe we should stop here. That there's this like giant Death Valley concert, and uh, a lot of vampires want to kill him, uh-huh. and they show up to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there a fight ensues. Um, and then it gets really complicated after that, and you just have to watch the movie. <laughs> well, we usually like don't care usually, about spoilers. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we usually we, we kind of. I mean, kinda we're, we're not gonna up. like belabor this, but we'll like we'll we'll give away like certain. We're gonna go through the plot. So okay. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's. Oh, but, we. But do, do people care about the plot? I don't think so. No, I think and we they can should just talk about a few scenes. Yeah, yeah. which would be how I would. Right. Uh, how I remember this movie, um, like the love scene in the yeah. b- Which one? B- bathtub of roses oh, set the to the Deftones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I like. I have a uh, soft spot for the Deftones. Okay, I was gonna say Deftones are the one band <laughs> from this movie that like I like. Yeah, unironically, yeah. And I. Yeah. That's a I, that's a wild scene though. <laughs> Is it looks like shit. This is this is uh, after the Death so, Valley scene. So this is yeah. Yes. This is yeah. um she like immediately after, and they have like a, a a rose petal bath. Sure. Why I don't know why rose petals are in that. <laughs> um, and then they. Like, it's very American Beauty esque, yes. if I remember sex, right. Sort of, and she like bites his like chest, like this breast. That yeah. I think I might have. Like, like I might have been like, like doing something. Vision like MTV esque kind of like music video like where he sees her past and like her like face flashing with her like her like things like exposed yeah. and like yeah and it's... then uh, and then she's like being all hot and like not gyrating but like but just kind of moving around <laughs> serpentine like yeah <laughs> snake like yeah so yeah so snake moves. But she's killing it, like as a leader. She's 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 like not bad in this movie. Well, it's, oh my god, she's she doesn't. In this movie. Yeah, I mean, she's only and in twenty six minutes that's of the movie. Not because she dies afterwards, like like in real life, that like this is her last work. That like, yeah, she's dead, so we have to like f- praise like what she's done. But like, I think she fucking nailed it. Like I was sold on, uh, like millennium old vampire. Yeah. She's well, one of the better performances in the movie, for sure. Yeah. Not a high bar to clear. No. But yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I think you have to wonder, like, if her real life death had to have impacted her screen time in this Me movie. Me too. Yeah. So, do you I, guys know anything about that? So, like, how she died? Like, well, no. I mean, like, it, was she well scheduled to have more screen time and like I, something related to her death? I like, think there probably her. had to have been more stuff that we because. 
that with you know the with the weird ADR stuff and her brother, mm-hmm. and then like the 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 thing that were like Jonathan Davis and her were supposed to do a duet. Like I think there had to have been at least more music yeah. stuff involved that they just couldn't fake. Or they must have technology. Be, must have at least been considering like more scenes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. this movie's so short. It's only like eighty five minutes long, yeah. and um, it felt so much longer. It, it did. It's not a breezy <laughs> eighty five minutes is at it, all. Is it really eighty five? I thought it was like well, maybe it's so maybe it's like an I think hour it, forty. I thought it was like close to an hour forty. Okay, okay, then okay, but it, it's still yeah, it, it's slow Con- moving considering it's like two books worth of material. Yeah, it yeah. it. Oh, it successfully work together. Yeah. And the pl- the way the plot moves or doesn't move, it's just kind of like nothing really happens for like 45 minutes and yeah. then she's awake and then all of a sudden everything happens yeah. that it makes you feel like there was probably more stuff that was shot that they just weren't able to finish yeah. without her involvement. Right. So I, you, I, I think you just have to assume that there probably was more of her yeah. That was supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, because yeah. she's not even in a half hour of the movie. No, mm-hmm. yeah, she's barely there. Yeah, like her presence looms uh-huh. over like the. the I mean, and she's the poster. She's like the selling point. The yeah. reason a lot of people probably went to see but this. She movie. has a screen time. Yeah. 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 It says, Stuart Townsend, Aaliyah, the Queen of the Damned. <laughs> yeah, that's what the poster says. No, no, Margaret Moreau, who has way more screen time than she's Aaliyah. arguably the main character. She's the of star this movie. of the movie. Yeah. She's from D two, the Mighty Ducks movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where uh, I mean, that's, that's where I know her from. That's where, yeah. She looked very familiar. So she, I mean, I also had a crush on her when I was a little kid. Okay, Connie. Yeah. Uh, she still works. <laughs> she's yeah. she's in like um. The Amer- Wet Hot American Summer, and then the subsequent, like, other things. Yeah. Uh, other Wet Hot American yeah. Summer, like, projects. What I was interested in her character was, like, she's very, like, virginal, like, very pure. Mm-hmm. And, like, he keeps calling her, like, clever librarian. Mm-hmm. Like, clever librarian. And she's in London under the watchful eye of, like, a scholar who's, like, <laughs> basically telling her what she can and cannot do. Um, but meanwhile, like he's like a paranormal investigator. Yeah, we, we have we have to talk about we this a little know. bit. <laughs> like, she, what are they doing? She's a researcher for a uh, a, a vampire research society, uh, like okay. a crackpot organization. <laughs> yeah. Where if you in, were like, that's those people exist. Those in, guys are freaks in <laughs> London. Like it's what the Talamasca Occult yes. Research Society or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Paul Paul McGann. Yeah, is who's, that guy from like, uh, the, I. From Withnail and Withnail and I, yeah. And she's very wide-eyed and like uh, intelligent, but like very innocent and virginal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her mentor is like very controlling of her. Like, yeah. You can go to this this concert in Death Valley, but you cannot do this, this, or this. And she's like, I'm going. And flips yeah. Her and yeah. Goes. Yeah. And, and he took issue with her uh, going to the uh, Admiral's Arms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was cruising the Admiral's arms to find... <laughs> <She> was, <laughs> cru- cruising yeah, like, for some vampires. Yeah, to find some vampires. Well, then he lent her, like, Lestat's journal to, like, like appease her. Like, okay, just yeah. instead of going to... He like, runs real hot and cold. <laughs> yeah. So the... None of this fucking movie makes sense. <laughs> so we, I guess, between, like, Lestat joining the 
like starting this band that becomes super famous and then like his big death valley show we did kind of gloss over the that research uh society (laughs) which (laughs) makes no sense to me but i'm sure it was more fleshed out in the books the talamasca occult vampire research yeah i mean i just want to know the origins like what what are they basing their entire like thesis of vampires existing I on think it's the Sats journal yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i probably found his journal somewhere yeah <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> i being paul mcgann the, paul mcgann the guy that yeah. plays the yeah, yeah. Uh, mentor sure yeah. um i mean that's one of the things where this movie doesn't feel connected to the interview with a vampire at all Obviously, because it was made much later, it started yeah. different people. But like, if if it were made a little bit closer and even just had some links to that movie, it uh, would have made a little more sense. Because you've been like, oh, I can see why this organization might exist because of the stuff in the first movie. Yeah. But when you're watching this movie on its own, as and it feels isolated from that, like you're just like. We're just jumping into a world where vampire research organizations yeah. exist, huh? All right. Yeah, I literally, like, I, I was watching this movie and I was like, okay, so this is an hour and a half of me just listening to new metal and being confused. It's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. you mentioned MTV earlier and this movie just uh, feels a lot of times like a series of shitty new metal music yeah. videos. Just kind of all jammed together. Yeah. And some reviews, like, kind of describe this as a sequel to Interview with a Vampire, and some describe it as just, like, an adaptation of Queen of the Damned. Yeah, I don't well, think it's... supposed to be both. It's, yeah, it definitely doesn't feel related at all to Interview. Uh, definitely not as, like, classy feeling. Right, I mean, I think, I think uh, Interview with a Vampire, I mean, not having seen it, but... I think that was supposed to kind of be like a, like a more prestige adult naughty little treat or whatever at the an adult naughty little treat. (laughs) Yeah, well, like a movie that like you can see with like sexy young actors. Yeah, but it's not like lowbrow and it's not total trash. Yeah, it's an adult naughty little treat. (laughs) Adult naughty little treat. But, uh... <laughs> like, sneaking an Oreo or something in the middle yeah. of the night, you know? Yeah. I was thinking, like, a date, like the fruit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, oh, like, uh, this, like, Queen of the Dam feels more like, like, to me it felt more like a WB, like, fantasy show. <laughs> like, Charmed or something like that. Yeah. Like, it had that kind of production value. Like, the chittering, like... Uh, when they would like flee or like fly, like, yeah, the like, special CGI, effects were like, awful. Yeah. yeah, the vampire like bullet time. Yeah, what was the budget for this film? Do we know? Probably a, probably a lot. So was this supposed to be like end of like top of the line for? Maybe, but it just uh, looked terrible. Uh, it didn't look good. Uh, budget. Pretty, I mean, reasonably high. $35 million. For that time. For that time. That's like mid-budget, mid, mid budget, That's yeah. probably like, what, like a $60 million movie these yeah. days? And roughly I, with inflation? I'm not sure on that, but... Maybe a little bit more, but I wouldn't think that a lot of that budget went to the cast because they weren't super well-known over here. 
yeah, no, that's Except probably... Except for Aaliyah. Aaliyah, yeah. And I, given that she's not, like, in that many movies... Yeah. Um, it's just Romeo Must Die until then, right? I think so. Yeah. That's the big one, which we could talk about Romeo Must Die. I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I can't imagine she had that high of a, a salary demand. Yeah. Given how early it is in her acting career. Even if she is, like, famous for, you know, her yeah, like she's making performing career. Selling her, yeah, her records are yeah. sold. So that budget probably went to the effects and the production design and... Yeah. Uh, I, I did read that there was, like, some kind of uh, difficulty with her finding a producer for her, one of her albums because of the rumors whether or not, how, like, their factual, how factual they were, sure. like, with R. Kelly. Yeah. So a lot of people would not, like, collaborate with her to uh, produce her next album. Now, uh, what is the rumor with the R. Kelly? We can cut this. If uh, no, that, like, they, like, he produced her first yeah. album called, like, Age Ain't Nothing But a Oof. Number. Creepiest uh, album uh, cover. Yeah. And he, like, kind of, like, became her mentor, but, like, and, like, there were, like, he ended up like marrying her at fifteen. Oh right, okay. Uh, sort of like at least like there were marriage papers so, produced. Total grooming that, situation. Like, yeah. They got married at this point in time, and she claimed she was eighteen at the time, but it was like the date showed that she was fifteen, and so it was a very toxic and like bad situation. Yeah. So it's a lot of her like trying to like remove herself from R. Kelly. It was like this huge, like overarching like presence in the music industry at that time. Yeah. Um, and then her being kind of, uh, vic- or, I don't know, like villainized for it. Like, yeah. It was yeah. something she did wrong, like something yeah. she should have prevented. Yeah. I mean, that, that is... And she was 15. Yeah. So she was a child. I mean, that's a very, like, 2002, uh, like, mindset. Way of thinking, yeah. Yeah, like, the fact that she would ever be the one vilified for... <laughs> obviously being groomed and abused uh yeah yeah. i mean all it takes is reading like reviews um from film critics from this time period and you just see the way that like uh, read a review like where a woman gets naked and there's so many like nasty reviews of like critics who are like respectable critics for like major organizations being like open horn dogs about it yeah it's just like the first time they've ever seen like nudity on screen (laughs) and it's so it's such a bizarre um i mean not that not that it's perfect now obviously it's not but like it's it's such a bizarre uh it's like it doesn't feel that long ago but reading that stuff you're like jesus christ it's really what it was like you read certain reviews and it like it makes it feel like that was ages ago. Mm-hmm. Like you're reading something from the 70s right. or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people, I don't think were super kind to her performance. Critics, I think, were pretty... Was she nominated for a Razzie for this? Because this feels like something they would have done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, only because she was she, not alive. She, yeah. you mean, are you talking about like Queen of the Damned? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think she deserves it, but I also think that the Razzies are an awful, like, organization. I, yeah. Because they're just, like... looking into, for sure. The Razzies, it's like, but, oh, a shitty pop star, let's... They're in this movie, let's give them a Razzie nomination. Yeah. I, I don't, like, I think... I can say, like, I think she fucking killed it. Like, I know how shitty, like, this movie <laughs> is. Like, how 
poorly put together it is, how the screenplay's kind of messy, and, like, the music's fucking cringy. Mm-hmm. But her role, like, I really love horror. Yeah. Just, uh-huh. like, re- So, to reiterate that, like, she fucking kills it. Like, she, I yeah. would have loved to see her go, like, do more of that. Like, just channel some fucking, like, crazy old vampire or just do something dark and, like, menacing. Yeah. Or, like, because she, like, menacing, like... Yeah, because she's she's pretty good considering what is asked of her and what's in the script. She's working with nothing. Yeah. And the way she moves, her voice, like, her... Yeah. I I was really sad that that was her last performance. She only was in two movies. Two movies. Yeah. One classic. Wrong I actually, time. like, Rustin was sitting next to me, my boyfriend, and I uh-huh. put my hand on his, like, thigh, and I was like, what if I like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what if I think this is good? Yeah. And this was, like, during, like, the Admiral Arms scene where she uh-huh. shows up. Oh, where she kills single, everybody. Like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep watching. I she, doubt you will, but she definitely injects a little life into the movie when yeah. she's on the screen. <laughs> um, I I will say she she does more than that. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like she, you feel the the genesis of something when she's yeah. on the screen, and then yeah. when it cuts away from her, you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, back to this. So she wasn't nominated for a Razzie. Uh-huh. Uh, because, like you said, probably because she was she, dead. I think if she yeah. was still alive at the time, they would have happily nominated her just because they love to do that. Especially yeah. with, like, any kind of person from another medium yeah. transitioning and into a, movies. And a woman. And, and women. The Razzies <laughs> Like women. Madonna or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Is there a history of them, like, nominating people who actually did a pretty decent performance? They nominated... The worst example that I can think of is... Um, Sharon Stone for Basic Instinct as worst newcomer, mm. and like Sharon Stone's good in that movie. Mm. That movie is exactly what it's supposed to be, and she's good in that movie. So they're just and, being haters. Basically. And then they nominated Sharon Stone for worst newcomer again, like six years later. <laughs> they did not like Sharon Stone. Uh, it's a bad organization. The Razzies suck. Yeah, well, the Academy, yeah, but whatever Academy that is. Um. So. But there is something called the Stinker Awards. And whatever this low-rent version of the Razzies is, they nominated Aaliyah posthumously for Worst Supporting Actress. Which takes a lot of gall. (laughs) Cojones. Yeah. Like, do they have, like, a statement? Or do they just, like, throw the shit out in the universe? I, you know, I don't know what (laughs) That's what we say. I don't know what the Stinker Awards even are. Uh, it sounds like just some guy on his website. (laughs) Yeah, fuck them. Uh, the Stinker... Jack Stinker. The Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, formerly known as the Hastings Bad Cinema Society, was... So she represents the movie that she starred in. Yeah. So she, her movie was bad, so she sucks. Yeah. It's just um, some some LA movie nerds that yeah. uh, started this thing, and they don't they don't do it anymore. They they yeah. stopped in twenty sixteen. Um, well, good for them. Yeah, they, I'm they glad they the stopped. the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah. Fucking good. Unfortunately, because uh, that would have been fun. You you want to see some of the uh, the m- movies that have received honors or. You know, for uh, the stinkers, from the stinkers, yeah. There's name, some name good. There's some good, genuinely good movies that they gave like 
Wait, did they, they praise people? No, 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 no. These I are all, like, missed. nominated for, like, why did they make this movie award okay, or whatever. Bye. So, here's just a few. Shortcuts, the Robert Altman movie. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's a stinker. It's a stinker. All right. Uh, crash, the David Cronenberg crash, mm-hmm. is a stinker. Uh, let's see. Eyes Wide Shut. I'm okay with that, actually. You don't like Crash? I can see that. The 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 car crash one, not the racism one. The racism one. No, oh, no, okay. we're no, we're talking one. about the one where oh, okay. people are like turned on by car crashes. Yeah. Oh. Which is a really good movie that I could let you borrow. <laughs> Add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the race racism one. Oh no, no that, that one sucks. No, that okay. one's no. Yeah. Okay, so we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eyes wide off? shut. Mm. Which we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, I think this one's pretty offensive. They gave a nomination for uh, Brokeback Mountain mm. for uh, I think uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's so the, performance. The stinkers are on that. He like wasn't good at what? They. Th- That's the thing. They have nothing to offer. Yeah, I mean, maybe there, maybe somewhere on the internet at one point there existed some sort of explanation or like a rundown. But like, sounds like the stinkers are on the wrong side of history like with stinker. that one. <laughs> Me, I'm not. If you're the stinker for following. <laughs> I don't know them. Uh, standards. <laughs> I mean, that's that's wild to nominate yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal for uh, Brokeback Mountain. Uh, just r- real quick, I don't want to go on too many tangents, but just to tie this back to Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there were, like, a list of actors who were going to play Lestat, including, like, I think Wes Bentley and um, sure. Josh Hartnett was one of them. Okay. But he was, um, I think he had obligations with, like, some Miramax movies, including the movie that we're going to be covering on our next episode. 40 Days and 40 Nights. 40 Days and 40 Nights. Uh, yeah, do you Josh, remember that movie? Did you, did no. you see? No. No. But Josh Hartnett uh, was also supposed to be in Brokeback Mountain as the Jake Gyllenhaal character, but he had obligations to do uh, the Black Dahlia. Interesting. So what all, is? Yeah, some sliding doors scenarios there. Uh, yeah, I wonder... Uh, I mean, 40 Days and 40 Nights over this is probably the better call. Career-wise, but I do feel like Brokeback Mountain could have been pretty big for his career if he had done it. Because people, critics hated Black Dahlia. Yeah. But everybody loved, well, critics loved Brokeback. Maybe Mr. Stinker didn't like Brokeback. The Hastings (laughs) Society or whatever. Internet dudes. Uh, Yeah. You know, I kind of like Josh Hartnett. I, yeah, I mean, a lot I do of too. shit for a lot of his performances. He's not really in anything era. now, but yeah, that's for we can talk about more about yeah, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that next, the next on one. the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so let's just really quickly breeze through the Queen of the Damned plot. So the there's rest of it. the rest of it. So there's there's the big Death Valley show where I read they bust in like three thousand Aussies. Aussie goths from (laughs) Melbourne Uh, like I guess they like went to clubs and were like you look gothy enough for our movie let's let's get you out here Uh, 
So yeah, I guess they got 3,000 Australian goths for that scene at the Death Valley show. They bust in there. Yeah. Uh, and that's Imagine what... being on the goth Aussie bus. <laughs> just being like, yeah, uh, it... just like the one not goth or whatever. And you're just, you're just like... That's what I was thinking, like the aerial view of like the concert, where like there are like buses coming in, like cars yeah. pulling. I was like... The, there were so many people there. I thought that was CGI, and maybe it like partially was, but they yeah. definitely got three thousand people for that that sequence. Three thousand goths. Australian goths. Australia, where it's hot a lot, so you really got to commit to being a I mean, goth that's if you're going to be Australian. Yeah, than leather, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yes, and they filmed that somewhere in. Australia, not in Death Valley, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost this whole movie was shot in Australia, yeah. right? Which makes the sense director's that the, the uh, guy from the birthday party or uh, Howard. Yeah, we were Roland talking about Howard. Yeah, we were talking about this off mic that yeah. uh, there's a lot of like Australian music people in this movie, including Roland S. Howard, who was in the birthday party. And then the. Uh, and the bad seeds. Yeah, so that's what's even crazier is that they know about the existence of pants like the birthday party, <laughs> and yet <laughs> he's a new metal guy. <laughs> like yeah. that, he should have just been Nick Cave. It's, yeah. This movie's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah it's just because it came out in two thousand two. But that's yeah too late. But uh, so yeah, Roland S. <laughs> Howard is in a scene in this movie. I think. I'm not sure what scene he's in. I just know that he was in the credits. Uh, he may have been in the Admiral's Arms. Oh, uh, vampire guitarist. He's vampire very strange looking. I think he actually yeah. was in the... Oh, okay. He, so he's part of the band. He's vampire guitarist. That's how he's credited. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, he's got some good solo albums. If you like The Bad Seeds and Birthday Party. Party. Yeah, I would check out his solo albums. Those are really good. Uh-huh. Uh but, uh, yeah, so there's the big Death Valley scene, which is, like, the middle of the movie, right? Um, and all of the ancient vampires are pissed at Lestat because he has outed the vampire community as being real. So they're like, oh, I'm gonna kill him now. He's also provoked them to do this. Yeah, yeah. And then that's also when, uh, Akasha shows up. And bursts through the middle of the stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, kills all the ancient vampires, right? That uh, are trying to kill Lestat. The ones who are trying to kill Lestat. Yeah, they, they yeah. She kind of turns them into, like, a, she burns them up and then they float into, like, burning embers. Right. If they're not, like, the ancients, they're, like, just, like, random thug vampires that are trying to kill them. And they float into the sky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> effects. Yeah. Yeah. Looks really bad. Yeah. And then after that scene, that's when Lestat is kind of whisked away by Akasha, and they have their love scene. And then that's also when Margaret Moreau, uh, her character, uh, I don't know what happens with her. She just goes to see her her aunt. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Who is also an ancient vampire. Yeah, so she she goes back to this compound or like this, yeah. this hidden estate in the and there's no desert. connecting scene between those scenes no. for yeah, her you don't character know how she got there. where she's like she oh I'm gonna go she just wakes up and she's like oh well here I am again and then yeah. it like reminds you of like the first flashback scene when she was uh, when the movie first started when she was like oh uh, my, my parents are dead and my yeah. aunt is bleeding blood 
Right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> makes me bleed my own blood. So. Yeah, her aunt, who's played by uh, Lena Olin, Swedish actress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she... Uh, Margaret Moreau's character, she just, after the Death Valley concert, wakes up in this compound, and all the ancient vampires are there. And then it cuts between them talking about how they need to kill how they should proceed and then it like it cuts to akasha with lestat and their love scene with the rose petals no the rose petals were before okay and then um afterwards she wakes up in the compound and then it's them talking about like how how we need to like basically neutralize or kill yeah right because she wants a future that is not good for us and like at the same time she's like showing like this weird fucking like wall of um, plaques she's like this is your family tree yeah I don't remember that at all what okay. you just described <laughs> uh, I, I gotta confess that uh, this is probably the least I paid attention to a movie for this, this entire this, podcast this patch of the movie oh especially this patch yeah, yeah. okay uh, so basically she's like Trying to explain to Jessie, that's her name, right? That's Margaret Moreau, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I've been your aunt, but I've been your aunt for all life, and I've been an aunt in your family for, like, years since Akasha made me a vampire. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just taking care of my family, and, like, there's blah, blah, blah. And then Keisha shows up. Yeah, yeah. With the stat. And then... Yeah, so this is, like, where this like, is, like, the big showdown. I, she, like, she kind of, like overheard psychically that like oh you're trying to like knock me out because you know mm-hmm. that I'm going to like end humanity basically yeah because Akasha's big plan is to kill every woman no everyone I don't know every she's planning to like end humanity right yeah that's and I thought somewhere she said that she's planning to kill every woman maybe I just Imagine that. That'd be interesting. <laughs> but, I would like to revisit that. <laughs> I mean, I guess that would kill humanity, right? Like, is that the thinking? Yeah, yeah. That, that it would prevent, like, breeding or whatever? Right, like children of men. But yeah, these exactly. vampires don't really need to depend on women to breed. Right. Or reproduce. Yeah, I guess that's I mean? true. Yeah. But I don't um, know. This movie's dumb as shit. I know. <laughs> It's stupid. Yeah, you'd probably have a better understanding if you read the book, but... Oh, well, you would have an understanding of a different thing. Yeah. I'm sure this is totally different from the book. Yeah. And and I'm I'm not even saying that as someone who like thinks like Anne Rice is a... I mean, I've never read any Anne Rice. I yeah. guess I don't know. But, yeah. like... And I'm just... It's, ass- it's, it's a whole different thing yeah. to whatever this is. And I'm, I'm just assuming from what I know from Interview with the Vampire, the movie, is that this movie glosses over any kind of homoeroticism that was present in the book. I feel like that's there a big part of it. The only innuendo I think uh-huh. I picked up on was when he and, like, Marius shows up mm-hmm. and he's like, let me show you how, like, I'm a god and they worship me as a god. Yeah. And he's, like, in front of the billboard in front of his dick. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. In front and of the billboard, like, yeah. Yeah, like this and, like, like against his crotch. Uh-huh. And, like, just talking about, like, how he, like, owns L.A. And, like... Yeah. How, like, proud... Um, no, but Lestat had, like, a a male partner. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. In I, the I, books. Yeah, right. that's a 
big part of yeah and and in inter- the movie interview with the vampire it, and the books but yeah 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 because i haven't read the books but i don't remember the ending of the movie well he's interviewed he's interviewed <laughs> by christian slater mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's the reporter ah, the smoking reporter in san yeah. francisco yeah uh, i'm interviewing you <laughs> christian slater <laughs> I'm doing my Jack Nicholson. Bit. I was gonna say that sounds like Jack Nicholson. Well, that's what Christian Slater. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've never seen, or have either of you ever seen Heather's? Yes. I have. Yeah. Heather's, Heather's is good. Great. Yeah, Heather's uh-huh. is good. But Christian Slater's whole performance in Heather's is him doing a Jack Nicholson impression, like yeah. consciously. That's like what he's trying to do. Yeah. Heather. Heather's has, is the same uh, filmmaker behind Forty Days and Forty Nights. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Sorry to tie it into an upcoming episode. Well, but. probably because that movie somehow is better than this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Katie. What were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I was just going like, to mention Pop Up the Volume. Yeah, yeah. One of the best mm. movies in the world. I've never seen that. I, I have the CD soundtrack somewhere in my house right now. <laughs> I can let you well, borrow it. Well, can you borrow it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have the movie, but I have the, the soundtrack on CD somewhere. Uh, I, the line is, like, amazing. Christian Slater is an interesting actor. Yeah. Uh, True Romance is pretty good. I have mm-hmm. that movie. I just bought it on 4K. Yeah. Broken Arrow is pretty good. <laughs> I know you're a Broken Arrow boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a shitty gang in like West Side Story. The Broken, Broken Arrow, Arrow Boys. Boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let like we're so close to the end of this movie. Let's, yeah. let's wrap Just up the power plot. Uh, so Lena Olin's character, whose name is I cannot remember. Doesn't Ma- matter. Ma 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 Maret. Maret. Is that really it? I, that was, it I just kind of pulled that. Oh out. yeah. M A H A R E T. She, uh, she jumps on the opportunity to... After all of them attacking at, Yeah, her. after, like, all the vampires, the vegan. ancients, start to suck on Aaliyah's mm-hmm. neck. And Lestat is like, I'm going to kill her. Yeah. And, like, starts... They get her really weak. Lestat's, like, going to, like, do it, and then she was like, no, let me. And yeah. Then oh, she yeah. steps in and yeah. decides to, like, die for her. Yeah. Because whoever drinks the last of her blood... To the last of the heart. Blood, yeah. The last, last yeah. drop. Yeah. Becomes the queen of the damned. A statue. Uh, yeah. 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 A statue <laughs> person. Yeah. And they become a statue person. Doesn't make it... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she's asleep. Yeah. She is asleep and she's a statue Until person. Until some fucking shitty music wakes her up. Sure. Oh, and uh, Margaret Moreau's a vampire now, too. Yeah. So, all the vampire, the ancient vampires, kill Akasha, but Lena Olin's character... They sabotage her. You're right, right. Uh, is the last one to suck blood out of her neck. And give her life <laughs> so, for it. Yep. Yeah, so she is there for... The new queen of the damned. Yeah, because it's like a huge like Anne Rice like vampire turning like, yeah. rule. Like they have, there are rules with her within her universe where it's like you can bleed somebody dry, mm-hmm. um, but when you start to hear their heartbeat, heartbeat like in your head, like while you're like sucking, mm-hmm. you stop. Especially when it gets slower. But if you keep drinking while it slows, and the person dies while you are sucking their blood, you die. Mm, okay yeah so you have to be very like good at knowing like how much you can drink before it becomes dangerous to you 
Okay, so Sick. since she just kind of jumped in at the end there, she was all right because she didn't have very much, I guess. <laughs> like, no, I think she, she's the the one. Like, she's the one that becomes the new. No, I know, I know, yeah. but because she didn't have too much, because she like. She turned into a statue, and that's, like, normal. Yeah. You know, like, normally they just die. Yeah. So, like, she, like, drank oh, okay. from her mother to the point that she killed this, like, ancient vampire and then became the same kind of statue form that her mother once stood at. Gotcha. <laughs> so this movie did a bad job at explaining the statue rules. I don't know the statue rules. <laughs> yes. But yes, yeah. just, I'm doing a terrible job too. Okay. Well, I think the movie did the worst job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I didn't know any of that before. No, this. yeah, I. Yeah, and then like rules and like the, yeah. So Anne Rice has like rules to her Vampire universe. Vampire rules, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Each like universe has like its own rules. So like, Anne Rice has like the, uh, you bite somebody, you drain them almost to death, mm. you let them live. They become violently ill the next day, and they're totally fine, like, in sunlight. Like, they're not vampires at all. Uh-huh. Um, but when they become, like, close to the verge of death, mm-hmm. the maker, the one who bit them, will show up uh, and offer them, like, an ultimatum and be like, you can die right now. Like, you're going to die. Or you can drink from my wrist and live forever. And they Well, I can die and live forever. <laughs> Um, I guess. So most side of the yeah. ladder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then, like, he, like, the vampire will, like, bite his own wrist, like, tear it open, and, like, press the, like, bleeding wrist into the mouth of their victim and force them to drink, and the victim will drink to the point where they hear the heartbeat mm-hmm. of their maker. And then at that point, the maker usually has to, like, violently, like, tear themselves away from the vampire because they just want to keep drinking because they're like drunk and like obsessed and just like intoxicated and they're like more bloodlust more <laughs> yeah blood drunk <laughs> bloodlust what does he say like in Queen of the Damned was he like more uh oh when he's like drinking yeah, yeah. so anyway so it's like yeah. that and then uh they are settled down by mm-hmm. their maker and then uh they're they physically die which is mm-hmm. like brutal so, like, their body writhes, like, they scream, they cry, they fucking, like, break things, like, they're curling up in a corner, because they're dying. Mm-hmm. And they're going to die. Yeah. But once they die, they awaken, and they're a vampire. And okay. their maker's there for them, usually to, like, guide them into, like, the night, like, yeah. explain... How to be a vampire or whatever. And I didn't get any of that information or exposition from the movie. Mm-mm. But that's not really like relevant to the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit. It's interesting. It would I have think. been nice if there was some kind of world building in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's again where I think if it felt in any way connected to the yeah. previous movie, they could have maybe expanded on that or yeah. shown us some of that. But they. Yeah. Like if the movie wasn't so such a rush job. Yeah. Yeah. Movie had potential sucked yeah so yeah so they kill akasha and then uh margaret moreau is a vampire and that's the end of the movie right they go they go see her mentor and they go to the they give him talanaska vampire research yeah they return the journal and then they leave but then marius shows up 
Yeah. After they leave, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stuck inside. So you're like, wait, are, is her mentor okay or not? Yeah. Because like, he, he like was like, I'm too old to become. I'm yeah. too old to live forever. That's what he says. Yeah, I think it's hinted is like that he was bitten and became a vampire, right? Mm. Oh, no. No. Oh, that's what I got. No. Kind of like Christian Slater at the end of interview. No, he, no, he was definitely not a vampire. Like her mentor? Like yeah. The guy with the glasses? Yeah, I thought it was basically suggested that at the very end of the movie, they were like, okay, we won't turn you into a vampire. And then they left. Uh, and then... Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, what's his name? Marius. Marius shows up. Right. But he doesn't, he, it's, he doesn't like bite him. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it like cuts away. We were saying the same thing. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So he wasn't turned by Lestat or. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then Marius shows up. And then then Marius shows up. Yeah. And then it just is the end of the movie. Yeah. And Uh, then they're walking slowly across the London Bridge. I wanted to talk about that. That ending shot, because yeah. that goes on... Cool stuff. ...about Ugh. ten seconds longer, at least, than it needs to. Yeah. That shot of them walking on that bridge next to, like, what, Big Ben? Yeah. Or, yeah, <laughs> it, it takes so fucking long, I'm just like, end it, end it! I know this is the last <laughs> shot, end it! <laughs> and it's just, like, slow motion, and it's, like, 25 seconds of them walking? Yeah. It's so fucking long. This... I'm... I'm totally on board with you, but I, I kind of had like a weird, okay, so when they're playing the, the show, uh, or like when the stats playing the show in yeah. Death Valley, uh-huh. um, he's looking, he like frequently looks out into the audience and he sees everybody like rocking out and then he can tell who the vampires are because they're like standing stiller, uh-huh. like not moving as fast yeah. as the others. So it's like very easy for him to like pinpoint like, okay, yeah, you know, and everybody else is being normal. And I remember thinking, that's kind of cool. Like, because, uh, I mean, vampires, like, live longer. Like, the yeah. sense of time is probably, like, moves at a slower pace. Or, like, sense of eternity is different. Um, so I remember just, like, admiring that and being like, don't bring that up. That's something you admire. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the end, when they're, like, slowly walking. Yeah. yeah. Like, the people are, like, rushing by them. I remember being like, okay, well, that's cool, too. Yeah. Uh, Garden State style. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that a couple of years later. (laughs) That's what that like visual reminds me of. Yeah, the like (laughs) I'm moving in slow motion while everything else is happening very quickly around. But again, that's like an an idea before Garden State, though, right? Yeah, this was two years (laughs) previous. Yeah, yeah, but again, that's like an idea that they they don't do anything with really. They they show it in a shot, but like. It's never mentioned, and you know, yeah, it's it, like it's, it had potential. I felt like yeah, sure. Yeah. Like there's there's stuff involving the like vampire lore in Anne Rice's universe yeah. that they don't go into at all for whatever reason. Uh, it just feels like a. I mean, I I guess that's what happens when you shove two entire books in a trilogy yeah. into one hour and 35, 40 minute movie. Absolutely right. And yeah, apparently Anne Rice entire like disowned the movie and said that you know don't see this movie if you like the novels. And I mean, I don't know how successful she would be in saying that because if you really like the novels, you're still probably gonna see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't even know out of morbid curiosity. Yeah, 
I mean, I only saw this movie because we had we to. started a podcast where we watch every movie that came out. In this <laughs> year. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about the box office and critical reception? Because that's how we always end uh, the conversation. Let's, well, let's grade it first. Yeah, let's give it letter grade. We gotta give we'll it. That. We gotta give our final thoughts and give the movie a letter grade. Uh, I'll go first. I'm kind of teetering between D minus and F on this one, personally. What's your A? <laughs> and we a, haven't given an A. We haven't pr- provided it. So what's your B plus? Uh, Monsoon Wedding. Is, is okay. Yeah, that's a movie we give a B plus. Okay. Uh, I just really was was not invested in this movie Mm-mm. at all. I like, know. uh... <laughs> Like no it, uh, like it to me. Just like I said earlier, it felt like a WB show, uh, but with like kind of high production value, and some well-known actors. Um, very bad special effects, and <laughs> plot points that didn't connect. Uh, pretty much every step of the way, I'd say, but I did think. Uh, and before you even mentioned this, I did think that Aaliyah did, like, bring something more than I was expecting. Uh, even though she was only in the movie for, like, less than a half hour. Uh, yeah. I'll land officially on D-. It's not the worst movie that we've watched so far, but it's probably in the... It's definitely in the bottom six. That, Six that we've and watched how many so have you far. Watched so far, we've watched about twenty, okay. twenty something. Yeah. So yeah. like low third. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I probably put it somewhere between. Uh, I don't know between Rollerball and Kung Pao. <laughs> um, I mean, I have it a bit lower than you. Yeah. So I guess that's a spoiler. Okay. Um, well, let's hear your uh, okay final thoughts. Uh, this movie's dog shit. <laughs> it's really <laughs> bad. It's pretty bad. Um, uh, and uh, the fact that Aaliyah is reduced to basically a glorified cameo mm-hmm. in this movie is uh, a failure on the movie's Absolutely. part. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you don't rec- they didn't re- any anything with any kind of juice or like spark mm-hmm. in this movie they don't recognize. And they lean into, like, Stuart Townsend brooding and listening to new metal. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I, I don't want to be watching this. I, this isn't fun. Yeah. Um, it's, it's largely plotless for, like, at least half the movie. It's just kind of like vampires vibing or whatever, mm-hmm. which maybe that could be an interesting movie. <laughs> I think, like, Jim Jarmusch basically made that movie called Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's certainly a better version of that than what we get here. No question about it. Um, I, I gotta give this movie an F. I, I, I absolutely was not engaged, basically, from moment one. Um, and a lot of that's due to, like, there's... There's so many distractions when you watch a movie at home. Like, I always have my phone, like, on my little, little nightstand or whatever, right next to my bed where I watch a movie. And it's just like, ah, it's so tempting when you're watching a movie like this to just 
pull out your phone and like, no, certainly there's something happening on Twitter or Instagram. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, some of that is certainly my own fault, I guess, in allowing myself to be distracted, but there's, there was nothing here that ever really, uh, kept me invested for more than a few seconds at a time. Um, it's my number three, uh, from the bottom, uh, movie of 2002 so far. Uh, I gotta give it an F. Okay. Uh, I have it, I have it above Snow Dogs and Rollerball. <laughs> just for reference. Uh, sorry, I was just trying to think about what, like, my bottom looked like, because my number one at the bottom is Dragonfly. After that, it's Snow Dogs. Then it's Rollerball. <laughs> and then, I guess, uh, I might be missing one, but then it might be this. So, it's probably my number four from the bottom. Katie, final thoughts on Queen of the Damned. I... It was just so unfortunately new metal. Like there was just so much shitty fucking music like uh-huh. throughout it, and it. I don't know. It had promise. Uh huh. Only in light of Aaliyah. The Aaliyah factor. Yeah, the Aaliyah factor. Like she should have like been featured as like she should be central to. Mm. I mean, she's the titular character. Absolutely, yeah. but it, it's but you, I understand how like that titular character carries a uh, power and influence being un- not present. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean in the story. She like, looms like, it's, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes or like being spoken about or like he, he who should not be mentioned or yeah, someone about whatever. Um, so I kind of like I thought about it after I I formulated the opinion that I was like this this movie's fucking garbage because. It should feature Aaliyah more. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, maybe the story really depended on her not being present. But I think it was totally on the people who produce this film, the directors, to yeah. realize her power and like what she could do and be like, let's redo this. I mean, you're already butchering the source material. Yeah, it's so fucked up. Like, lean, yeah. just... lean into whatever positives you might yeah. have. Yeah. And give her a song. I mean, again, I, I I wonder if, like, her passing really limited what they felt like they were able to do. Yeah. Uh, so may, maybe there's a version of this movie that could have potentially been better. I, I don't yeah. see how that's possible. Just, I, I just it's a new metal movie. <laughs> like, I what? Do, yeah. It's so fundamentally flawed for me. It's the worst kind of time capsule movie <laughs> because yeah. it's 2002 or 1 or 2000 or whatever, whenever yeah. it was filmed. Yeah. That has just like the worst music. Yeah. Absolutely. Worst music. Uh, but it would have been nice to see her like get a little bit more because she's like not not bad in the movie, I didn't think. No. So, I mean, but no. yeah, how do you guys feel about her performance? I think she's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't. But you weren't like. Whoa. I wasn't no, but I think a lot of that's largely just because of the material. Um, but I, I thought, I, I, I never was watching it and was like, oh my god, what an embarrassing performance. Unlike like Stuart Townsend, who comes on the screen, you're like, holy fuck, get off the screen! Like I don't want to see this guy anymore. Um, so yeah, in in, in 
Yeah, because he comes on the screen and you're like... Too much. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, if you couldn't pick that up, Andrew just that was mocked me. snoring. <laughs> um, like, uh, for real, I was just like, oh, yeah. why, why don't I know, see this like fucking guy again? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so for, I mean, for, for me, for a movie like of this caliber, that that is fairly high praise, I think, to say that like I thought she was totally fine in yeah. the movie. Because um, it's a it's a terrible movie. I think there's a ceiling. I think there's a ceiling on like how good a performance can be in a terrible movie. But maybe that's <laughs> not true. I don't know. But what to, would like what would create that ceiling though? I guess it just depends on why the movie's bad. That's my name. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Uh, I guess it's just. I guess it's just her that basically raises it from an F movie to a D minus for me. Do you have a final grade? Katie? Well, I've never graded a movie from <laughs> So I, I'm going to... Whatever you say is fine. I'm going to refrain from grading and like maybe collect more data. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so it's just Dan and I. D minus and F are the official sure. grades. So if I'm we... gonna, I'll go high D. High D? High D. ID. Not a D plus. <laughs> like a sixty-four. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Wait, so. is that a D? Uh, yeah. I think a sixty-six would Six, be a high yeah, D. Sixty-six. That, that just reminds me of the rollerball episode because we talk so much shit on rollerball and then Chris was like, you know, I'm leaning towards like D. <laughs> and at the end I was like, really? And and then you were like, don't, don't make him change his grade. <laughs> and I was Cut like. I was like, really a D? But we settled on. He settled on D, I think. Yeah, I think we swayed him, if I remember Maybe right. we swayed him, like, to a D minus or something. Yeah. But uh, that was, we all said F on that one. But <laughs> That's still my least favorite movie of 2002. <laughs> uh, I think, like, maybe maybe on the next episode, the March one, we'll have to, like, yeah. recap our lists yeah we could do a, so we could far. do a recap for the this year. one's yeah. running a little long for us to do that now yeah yeah we'll do it on the 40 days episode or the uh the uh home video edition yeah maybe the yeah. home video one that'll be yeah. um well then i guess we got to get through the box office and then uh and the critics it, right? critic yeah. segment yeah, too yeah. um so this movie we already talked about had estimated budget of 35 million dollars mm-hmm. um it did open number one at the box office february 22nd um it uh grossed 14.7 million dollars so i guess not bad yeah um and then uh it uh it didn't really uh it didn't really perform all that <laughs> all that well after that though um so let's see it ended up grossing so fourteen in the first weekend, and then it made thirty point three million dollars in the states, um, and then added another fifteen internationally. So it made forty five million dollars, which is not that. I mean, I guess it made its money back. But, yeah. But considering you gotta factor in like marketing and all that stuff yeah. too, uh, so not that great. Not a juggernaut. Not a juggernaut, but also not a bomb, I think. No. Um, the other thing we do on this show is we uh, play a game at the end 
where we, well, Andrew usually and then our guests, because I always am kind of like the arbiter of this. The, the moderator. The moderator, that. yeah. Uh, try and guess the Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score for this movie, for whatever movie we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you know Rotten Tomatoes, like that website pretty mm-hmm. well. Okay, so then you know how it works. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, what do you guys think this movie scored on Rotten Tomatoes? Seventeen percent. <laughs> okay. Is that a guess? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was thinking pretty low too. I was thinking somewhere around like maybe a little higher. I was thinking somewhere like twenty-eight. I'm just kidding. Actually, I know that the score. Right? It's oh, 17. you know the score? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Did you just like look at it right now? <laughs> No, I like watching just, like, the movie. It's probably like everywhere on the like internet. Like I researched the movie. Yeah. I'm gonna like talk on a podcast. I I know <laughs> that like this part is coming, so I try not I to look think, at it. I okay, think that's well, a thing I'm... we're gonna have to tell future guests yeah. to not look up because we info. didn't tell we didn't tell you. No, 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 and that's that's our bad. But there is yeah. another uh, game that we also do, which is the cinema score, which is. Cinema score audiences at random locations are polled after leaving the movie. What grade they would give it, you know, just like yeah. we just gave it, and um, so it's letter grades. Um, so this is the audience opinion of this movie, basically, uh, according to Cinema Score, which is yeah. just some sort of research group that does this for fun, I guess. Well, do we have a number for that. Um, so that's yeah. not a number. Andrew, that's Andrew always looks this up, so I get to guess in this part, I'm, too. I'm the moderator for this one. I, yeah. I've pulled it up. I haven't looked at it yet. I see that it's here. Okay. So I got it right here. Got it. Also, if you just Google, like, the movie you're going to be talking about, it's usually, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Up, like, right. Yeah. Or, like, even the Wikipedia page, if you want to know, like, mm-hmm. it, it'll... Like yeah, cinema score is okay. a little harder so to find. So cinema score, this yeah. is great. Okay, so yeah. what's your guess? Okay, uh, as we established on our previous episode where we did a catch-up game of the cinema score game, um, audiences tend to have what I would consider bad taste, <laughs> uh, and the opinions the opinions of a lot of movies that I think that we either think are bad or critically perceived as bad mm-hmm. tend to be a lot higher than you would expect as evidenced by the rollerball one which got like yeah. what a b plus like a b plus yeah yeah um but the cinema score so yeah the people who are participating in this are people who are cinephiles just no no like no, regular no. folks they're just like, people who went to see it so like, I think that's why... Like, anywhere in the country, they're walking out of the theater, and then yeah, members of this just random, research group random are like... Random movie goers. Yeah. Opening weekend. If you mentioned that, I'm sorry. I'm no, it's okay. Um, so, <laughs> knowing, knowing that, people who went to see this movie, I think, are more likely to give it a higher grade, because they were already in on whatever the concept was. Like, they, mm. were, they were like, oh, that sounds cool. Whereas me... I had never seen this movie for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I had no intention of ever seeing it. And then we then we did this podcast and we saw it. So, my, of course, my opinion is going to be different than person who went to go see it opening weekend for whatever reason. That All that being said, I'm going to go with a B plus. And I, I was thinking pretty close. I was thinking of B. Queen of the Dam? Yeah, for Queen of the Dam. This is what, like, general the general public... 
Opening weekend. Like just some some guy. Random place. Like or, really the corn or, like or some gal totally. walking out of the theater in yeah, so, Ohio gets yeah. approached like, and is like, what grade would you give this movie? And like a vampire like bustier which, or something. Like, <laughs> they overwhelmingly... Yeah, so like yeah. Anne Rice fans aren't rushing to the fucking theaters to the yeah. point of like... Just, the just people who were... Okay. Yeah. So B plus? I, I, I said B, right? Sure. I'll say a B. Katie? A minus. A minus. So pretty high. This one got a C plus oh, from viewers. That's kind of low for, so, for one of these. That's like pretty low. Yeah. That means people didn't like it, I think. Because we we did a bunch of these last week, and yeah. uh, most movies got B minuses or higher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless they were like good movies, in which case they got really low ones. Really low scores. Because people were like, what the fuck is this? Like the Solaris remake, yeah. which got an F. Uh, uh, yeah. So that that's pretty much it. That's I think that's everything, right? We did the we did the plot. We did the general consensus. We did the cinema score in the Rotten Tomatoes game. Yep. I think that's pretty much everything. Vampire movies. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Like favorite ones. Favorite. Okay. So this is a vampire movie. Do we have any good vampire movies to talk about? We were, we said like top three, right? We're gonna talk about them or just like list them. Yeah, what are like what are our top three vampire films? Mm. Should we stagger it or should each one of us go? I mean, I don't necessarily want to like talk in depth about. It. Yeah, but we can we can rattle them off. So Lost Boys is like sure mm-hmm. the one that. Hooked me. Sure. When I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Let the right one in. Mm-hmm. Is probably my favorite. And you have a third. I say we leave this moment of silence in. What we do it's in the crucial. shadows. What okay. we do in the shadows. Okay. I think that's my favorite. It's not. It's not serious. But it's like top yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah, or at least like the three that you have like thought of to talk yeah, about. But yeah. yeah, and then I do like only lovers left alive, and mm-hmm. a girl walks home alone at night. It's like really fucking good too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I I was kind of similar in that I wasn't trying to make like a definitive like oh these are like the top three vampire movies of all time, but just three that I like, like really liked and thought that don't maybe don't get, like, talked enough about as far as, like, vampire movies go. And I think my number three is what you just mentioned is A Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes. Which uh, was, like, kind of a big, like, a buzz movie when it came out, mm-hmm. like, like 2014, but mm-hmm. nobody really talks about it anymore. No. And that I thought was, like, a really good... It's so good, yeah. ...movie uh, that... Is also kind of like what you were just saying, like a, uh, like a vibey, black and white, Jarmusch esque movie that kind of touches on like, um, like class a little bit. Um, oh, absolutely, no, it does. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, that's a good movie that I don't think it's I talked think it enough about. I talks a lot about, like, it touches on gender and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that she's, like, a female vampire on a skateboard in... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... And that the movie. That she's at. So yeah, so it's absolutely. And her like parents are being uh, mm-hmm. terrorized by like a drug dealer. Or yeah. Whatever. So the movie that was supposed to like take place in uh, like Tehran, like Tehran, mm-hmm. like in the future. Yeah. But was shot in L.A. I actually didn't know it was shot in L.A. Yeah, it was shot around here. Um, the director's name is uh, Anna Lily Amapur. And she made, like, one movie after that called The Bad Batch, which people didn't like. But she is, like, I think either at one point was, like, supposed to direct the Cliffhanger remake or reboot. Mm. Uh, But internet dudes were like, what, a woman's gonna make the Cliffhanger remake? Why is there even a Cliffhanger remake? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm more upset that she's not making something original uh, as opposed to, you know you know, internet guys that are mad that a woman's remaking Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, internet guys love to do shit like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would say that. Uh, Near Dark is up there. Near Dark uh, rules. Near Dark's my number two, which I could let you borrow. You could let you borrow it. <laughs> I have, like, a... Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, real cool... I would love to borrow it. Uh, Catherine Bigelow, Western vampire... Tangerine Dream scored. Uh, so like seventies, eighties. This is from the mid eighties. Yeah, uh, very good movie. Uh, not her first movie, but very her, early Catherine. Bigelow. Yeah, I think it was her I second think I've movie. Seen this. Yeah, after The Loveless. Yeah. Bill uh, Paxton's in it. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then my number one, I was gonna say Nosferatu, but. I ultimately decided not to put it in the number, in, like, the top three. Um, the, the one from the 20s. Um, the Silent Film. Right. Uh, because, you know, it's a great one. It's, like, the godfather of vampire movies. But I decided to put it number one, Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. I I, I was thinking about that. Uh, Which is debatable as to whether or not it's even a vampire movie. Sure, but it certainly is vampire lore, right? It's definitely. But it's a nice uh, It's an, uh, a Nick Cage movie from 1989. Um, <laughs> it's like a like a dark comedy. I, I would like kind of file it in the um, like the what I like refer to as the yuppie nightmare uh, yeah. movies, like After Hours and movies like Something Wild, like dark comedies. Mm-hmm. About like straight laced yeah, yuppies who I get thrown into. I think of Vampire's Kiss as being like a more comedic version. Well, I don't know. Yeah, more overtly comedic version of like American Psycho. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like the yuppie culture. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. So it's like one of those movies, but it includes the most insane, like avant-garde performance by Nicolas Cage like the ultimate Nick Cage performance he goes for it uh and the reason I was like talking about like Nosferatu before this is because he's like like that the performance in that movie was like a huge influence on 
his performance in Vampire's Kiss, like he was trying to like uh, work in like, like German, that. yeah, like German expressionism. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing the like Max Shrek <laughs> yeah, Nosferatu yeah. thing, but in like a modern '80s movie. Yeah. yeah, so it's like the director's like like doing like a dark comedy, <laughs> like an '80s yuppie nightmare dark comedy thing, and then Nick Cage is just like going nuts, <laughs> uh, and I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think it's debatable as to whether or not it's a good movie, but I would say no. I think it is. I would say good movie. Yeah. Some people think... Some people, yeah. It's like a so bad it's good kind of a thing, but I, I think it's no, pretty great. I don't think it's ironically good. I think it's actually good. Yeah. I uh, will watch it. I like so many things I want to You could let it. you borrow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what my list would be, uh, but I guess a couple other ones that you guys haven't mentioned that I think mm-hmm. are good movies. Um, uh, Blade 2. Mm-hmm. Both the first two blades are like good vampire mm-hmm. action movies. Yeah. If you, if that's more of what you're looking for, I think. Um, From Dust Till Dawn mm-hmm. is like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love the Lost Boys. I know Katie talked about the Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, they really didn't. I just mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, what's to say? Everyone knows the Lost yeah. Boys. The saxophone man. Uh, uh, Near Dark's great. Uh, there's that Park Chan Wook uh, movie Thirst mm-hmm. that I, I want to see. I've never, never seen, seen it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a pretty good director. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, old Boy. He directed Old Boy. Yeah, Old Boy. Yeah, and Stoker. Yikes. Stoker's good. Yeah. I like Stoker. That's yeah. an underrated movie. Um, like the original? Yeah, yeah not the original. Spike Lee one. Uh, Park Chan Wook's new movie coming out this year is supposed to be great. Mm. I'm excited for it. Nice. I think it got like one of the top awards mm-hmm. at Con or something. Very nice. That's like one movie I'm actually really looking forward to this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any other. Yeah. Uh, vampire. It was oh, hard. Uh, one more I wanted to talk about. That's right. Fright Night. Both the original and the remake. Um, the remake, I think, is an underrated movie. Colin Farrell's really good in that movie. Have you ever seen the remake of Fright Night? I haven't seen it. I've also never seen the remake. The remake is would like to. fun. I've heard, I've heard good things about it. Well, I think I've talked about it before, but I've debated picking it for uh, movie night a few times um, just because you've never seen it, and I don't yeah. think Travis has seen it either. Um uh yeah yeah Colin Farrell's like really good in that movie nice. uh and uh Anton Yelkin is in it a few years before he passed away mm-hmm. so yeah um and just to really quickly bring up uh the remake of Let the Right One In yes. Let Me In you like that one okay I, too right? and Katie's making a uh cut it out gesture no I mean like I'm saying like oh okay I do like that movie Better than let me. No, no. I just I think it's good, and I know a lot of people think it's bad. Uh, I I just always thought that movie was pretty good. I wasn't like cutting you out. I was Uh just judging you really hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Yeah, that's a movie that I think is actually pretty good, even though 
people didn't like it as much at the time as the original. I think people well, have kind of come around. The so much better. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, I'd say the original I, is better, but did I. You watch, which one did you watch first? Uh, I watched the original first, okay. but then I saw the remake, and I I and thought okay. I was like, this is. So I respect that. Almost okay. just as good. Okay, I'll listen to your opinion. Uh, we don't have to. Matt Reeves, <laughs> Matt Reeves, of the yeah. Batman. Yeah, who is now and with uh, Richard Jenkins. And I thought Richard Jenkins was good in the movie. Dickie Jenks. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm being really pretentious because I never finished. The oh, okay. Remake of it. I haven't seen the remake. I've only. <laughs> well, seen I like the didn't movie. like it. Like I got halfway through it and I was like, this is fucking not as good. So I stopped watching it. And now I'm judging you uh-huh. for liking the remake more than the original. It's got a really good car so crash I'm scene. So I'm being the asshole and like, pretentious. <laughs> Well, it's, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Well, so you don't even have to borrow it. Yeah. Last time I'm going to say this, I could let you borrow it. Uh, well, I think that's it, right? That's it. Yep. I think that's all we got. Uh, Do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to plug? No. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next week, we're going to do uh, Bones and Jay and Simon Bob Strike Back together. Two movies that have nothing to do with each other. They mm-hmm. just happen to both come out on DVD in February 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, so we can talk about those, uh, we're gonna, uh, recap or, or provide our full rankings for 2002 through January or through February. Uh, and then, uh, and then I'm going to put out the March schedule of which we have guests lined up for honestly most of those episodes, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some good stuff in March. Uh, we yeah. kind of went over it a couple episodes ago, but I'm going to put it up on Instagram uh, so that people can, you know, see the full list. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. Well, I do want to thank you guys for having me. Well, sure. thank you so much for being here and uh, yeah. watching Queen of the Damned and talking for, I think, almost three hours it's about, three hours, yeah. about uh, you know, the movie and other movies and listening to us uh, go on tangents and me saying uh i learned a lot i'll just put it that way <laughs> i don't know if you did <laughs> uh, you might have learned a lot but not necessarily Important information stuff. you required yeah <laughs> you should have needed I think that that's all yeah. relevant anyway so I uh yeah well i think that's it thank you so much for listening and have a great day Please rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Normal normal stuff. Normal stuff. Alright, adios. Bye bye.